Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Good morning, St. Louis. And yes, it is Friday. Welcome into the opening drive. Joined by Brooke Grimsley. I am Kerry Davis. We welcome you to the final day of the week. It is a, I came in today with a lot of energy because it is Friday. Whenever you hear that song, you know what day it is, what time it is. Brooke, how are you doing this morning? Great to have you back again feel, and again and again. And again and again. <laughs> I feel great. I'm feeling recharged because you know why, Carrie? The Blues finally won a game. They finally won a game. I was they thinking, finally won a game. I was thinking maybe we can find a way to tweak the NHL schedule and just play the San Jose Sharks <laughs> for the rest of the season. And sadly, this was their last time ah, facing them this regular season. Or uh, yeah, might, I mean, might not be might be struggling to find a few more wins because that is the only team that they've won against uh, the last ten games. It, you know what? Maybe there's a way that we could just, you know, have another game against them just to boost just morale. Confidence. Yeah. You got to find some just confidence. Feel, some good, feel good about yourself, I, right? I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. The Blues did get a win yesterday, 4-2. to two. It was a very good game. The San Jose Sharks got the game kicked off with a goal, another goal by one of the best defensemen in the league, Eric Carlson. And then Tory Krug was able to tie it up on an awesome pass from our great friend, Robert Thomas. Well, as we were chatting there, Blues fans, three on two, created by Robert Thomas and Tory Cruz end up joining the rush right here. Thomas takes it down the far side here. You got Torpchenko, what's he doing? He's going to the net curbs. That's what Craig Berube wanted to see out of number 13. He's the one that drives the net. He pulls not one, but two San Jose defenders with him. That creates the little gap for that second wave, and that's going to be Tory Krug. Torpchenko played a really good game last night. We'll get into to his performance a little bit later. Sammy Blay was able to take the lead for the Blues in the second period, putting them up 2-1. to one. Thomas Hurdle tied the game up 2-2 two to two for the San Jose Sharks. And in the third period, the newest Blue was able to get his first goal. Blues bring the puck in to the front of the net, and that goes in. They score it. It slid underneath the goaltender. Carlson was right there looking for it. As he tried to pick it, it might have actually gone over the goal line on him, and Verona, I think, might have had that poke for his first goal as a blue, Joe. Jacob Verana, or Yakub Verana, as we like to call him here, got his first goal as a blue. Great play by the net, punching it in. Robert Thomas was able to pick up the final goal of the game on, guess what, Brooke? A power play. Falk to Thomas, passes into the corner. It's a 3-2 hockey game, 5-0-3 to go. Blues leading on the Emron, Missouri power play to Thomas. Oh, score! Stick side, top shelf. Robert Thomas, a power play goal. 
4.58 to go here in the third period. And the Blues have made it 4-2. Blues get a power play goal, which means they win the game. That, that seems to be the recipe for them. When they score on the power play, they win. When they don't, they lose. And good game by the Blues last night to pick up a, an important win versus a team that obviously they, they've had a little bit of success against this season. Yeah, and that's what we're saying. It, was, it would be nice if they could face them you know, several more times. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really interesting because I think the response was great by the Blues, and including Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas had a turnover early on that mm-hmm. led to the Eric Carlson goal. And when I saw that happen, I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to strap in for, for a rough ride here. But then their response was great. And honestly, too, when I saw the lines that Craig Berube created going into that game, I was like, is this a mistake? Right. Uh, Torpchenko on the top line oh. with Robert <laughs> Thomas and Jordan Cairo? Why? But then you saw the reasons that he explained. It creates a little bit more space, mm-hmm. too, for Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, and it seems to work out, and it brings more of a physical presence to that line that has really been lacking, I think, as we've all seen. And then that second line, I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> experience as well. You have the new guys, and on top of that, you have Pavel Buchnevich centering, which that's interesting in itself. I thought that it was a great job by him. I know that it's you know a position he's getting reacclimated to, right. especially has to work on faceoffs. But you know at the at the moment it seemed to have worked out and it paid off for Verona as well. Yeah, Barubi had some thoughts on Pavel Buznevich playing center last night. Well, I had a good. I thought he had a real good game. Let our team in faceoff circle, percentage wise. You know their their line got a goal. Um, you know, he was solid all night. Like, just understanding the breakouts and things like that, <clears throat> you know, it takes some time, you know, positioning-wise, where he's got to go to and, and things like that. And uh, like I said this morning, I think just playing down low on his own end. Great job by Buchnevich, as you said, uh, readjusting to play in the center position against two with two new guys that just joined the team here in the last week or so. Um Brooke, those, that line was was very intriguing because, you, as you said, you just got these guys here. Bucinavich is making the adjustment, and and I think that's going to be fun to watch those guys because Verona got his first goal last night. Um, Kapanen has scored a few goals in this time here, and he showed some, some flashes of some outstanding play. If you can get someone to get the puck to them and, and have you know that open ice and have some space to, to move around, I think this would be a great line to watch. Yeah, it, it will be. And I mean, even Robert Thomas, I was very impressed with him last night and his performance. You know, I mentioned his response after that turnover that led to the Carlson goal, but also that goal with Tori Krug, the way yep. that he set that up. I was sitting next to Alex Ferrario and as we were watching that game, and I was just talking about it. it's like Robert Thomas. You see why he got that big giant contract because it's like he's like two, three steps ahead of everybody else. The way that he's able to see the ice and if you give him the right tools to really feel comfortable enough to do that, you see how it really pays off and how he stands out amongst other NHLers. But still at the same time, I'm not going to take away that this was just a really bad Sharks team. And I had to look it up too. It seems like the Blues in general have always played well against the Sharks. I mean, since 2021... They won eight straight against them. Oh, well, so maybe it's just the sharks. So we should go back to what I said earlier: just play the sharks every day. Exactly. <laughs> we will be eighty-two and zero. It'd be no problems. And you have a tough weekend ahead too. You have back-to-back games 
on the road mm-hmm. and then coming back home. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that, especially with these new guys coming in. You talked about Robert Thomas's play and his ability to find people. One of the reasons that he was able to make that awesome pass was Torpchenko diving to the net. I thought, Rock thought, the pass was going to Torpchenko. It deflected off a defender, but Robert Thomas just held it, held it, and waited. But the fact that Torpchenko was diving to the net had, had a pretty good game last night. Berube had some thoughts about his play as well. It was excellent. I really liked him. You know, a lot of puck touches, good things with the puck. Um, great play on a goal to drive the net. Um, he did some good things. Good things. I mean, that that would speak to the reason why you put him on the first line, right? Which yeah. was a surprise going into the game. No one expected that. No, I, I, I can't say that Torebchenko on the top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Kybrew is something that I would have predicted. <laughs> but then it's moments like that where you see that kind of Craig Bruby magic where sometimes he's not given the best tools to work mm-hmm. with at times. But the way that he's able to kind of see how things can form, work out, it's that little bit of magic that he is able to kind of mix things up. And Torbchenko has really impressed Blues fans, but also Craig Berube. I think yeah. we've all listened to Craig Berube. We've heard him. Him giving praise to a player and coming out and saying it like that, how much he impresses him, that's not something he says every single right. day. That's That seems to be more of a rare occurrence, especially here lately. Torbchenko has really, really fought his way into yeah. this whole conversation of being a, a an important piece. Now, will he stay a top six forward? Probably not as they continue to move things around and look ahead to next season and hopefully maybe get some more pieces in here. But the fact that he, no matter what, you can notice him on the ice and how hard he's fighting, he's fighting for that top six role. He's yeah. fighting for that chance to you know, be a guy that deserves a lot of minutes. And you can tell, I mean, even when he was fiery, what was that, like a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, that was going to Where he called that. out some of his yep, teammates? Yep. I think that 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 comment, just knowing uh, how Berube likes to play the game of hockey, how he likes to coach the game of hockey, I think that probably had a warm place in his heart when he heard one of his players speaking like that about their teammates. Just the effort. You're in the NHL. You need to play hard, regardless of if we're in a playoff spot or not. We, this is the expectation. If you don't want to do it, then you shouldn't be here. And so when you have one of your teammates that is willing to say that and willing to kind of back what the coach is speaking about, that definitely leads to uh, uh, kind of the, the, the culture that you need to have in order to be a successful program, a successful organization. And I think Torbchenko has done that. And I think he plays the game in the manner in which Barubi wants his hockey players to play the game. I think so, too. And I can see Torpchenko, too, if he catches you slacking and you're on his line. Oh, yeah. He's going to call you out on that. That's probably why he's on that line. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. He's yeah. not going to let anybody else. Because what, what was it he said? He said beer league. That like what was that a few weeks uh-huh. ago where he called the guys? It's like they're playing beer league. Yeah, he's not gonna. I I am gonna take a wild guess to say he's not gonna let anybody slack off on whatever line that he's on. It seems like he's going to make sure he brings out the best and fire you up. Indeed, the St. Louis Billikens get a win in the A10 tournament, and they not just get a win; they steamroll the George Mason Patriots. 82 to 54, picking up the first win in the A10 tournament, and they are going to play. Who next, Rock? They, they got uh, number one in the A-10 tournament, VCU, tomorrow at noon. Indeed. And uh, hopefully today at 2 p.m., Kim English's bad luck from yesterday doesn't carry over to his alma mater in the Missouri Tigers as they got a big matchup coming up today against Tennessee. They do face Tennessee at 2 p.m. in the SEC tournament. The Illini fall 79-76. to 
uh, ruining my prediction that they would be in the Big Ten Championship, but it is what it is. <laughs> to the <laughs> Penn State Nittany Lions, had an opportunity there late in the game, just weren't able to pull it out. They, they actually were ahead in the second half at one point, um, just not able to to hold on and, and take care of business versus the Nittany Lions. Penn State was there the entire game. Yeah. It, it was con- I mean, the, the, the first half started, or the second half starts off and it's like 51-49 the entire game, and then finally the Lions start to pull away a little bit. Um, again, they get a 12-point lead with two minutes left, and you look at the score, the Illini never got within one possession, yeah. but I mean, they made it interesting, and yeah. obviously getting a three there at the, at the very end when it goes to triple zeros yeah. helps the number a little bit, but Correct. I mean, they fought. If they would have made that comeback, that would have been one of the most impressive ones in, in recent college basketball, and that's saying something. Yeah, we'll see where they're slated for the uh, NCAA tournament. Maybe a Thinking nine, 10, ten, 10 seed. I mean, eh. it's just 20 wins. Yeah, Just 20 wins, right? Give I'm just a, saying. Give me a break, buddy. I'm just saying. Come I on think, here. you know, I, Penn, I think you're looking at more of a, a 10 seed. Uh, it will be in the tournament so hopefully we can uh make some noise make a run and and get some things going also people can't see today though i'm not seeing Ill- any illinois no, stuff I don't today, have illinois wow. on today. Uh, I'm representing huh? my, my, my boys and girls club, Matthews Dickey. I, every now and then. It's, it, I, Is I, it a coincidence? Well, or? Nah, not really. I, I just <laughs> woke up this morning and felt like putting on a Dickey t-shirt, a Dickey sweatshirt. So that's what I got on. Uh, you know, I represent Matthews Dickey, Hayeswood Central, Pittsburgh Steelers, and and uh, the Illini. That, that's generally what you'll see me wearing in the fall. It, that's, that's about it. I yeah. don't wear much other than that. What do you wear in the summer? About the same thing. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, pretty much. that's, that's all you're going to see me in the fall. I'm like, does your wardrobe really change in the warmer months? Or we'll, we'll see, is it yeah. just an Illini shorts and a t-shirt? Yeah, probably. Oh, there it is. Possibly. <laughs> the Cardinals pick up a 6-4 win versus Nicaragua. Dakota Hudson was solid, but in Rock's opinion, not very impressive. Four innings pitch, two hits, zero earned runs, and one Albert Pujols visited Cardinals camp. I just, I, I, I was watching the game here in the office, and you know, I was watching with Jamie Rivers, and he was in... in Neither of us just, I mean, listen, he, he wasn't getting shelled by Nicaragua, but he was just dancing around the zone the entire time. And I know that's that's not a surprising piece of analysis to hear about Dakota Hudson, but it's just disappointing that, especially in a situation where he wasn't dealing with the pitch clock because it was, it was technically a WBC game where they're not using the pitch clock. So he had a good pace, but I just didn't see him attacking the zone at all against a Nicaragua a lineup that, again, he shouldn't have been that worried about. Yeah, I mean... He still got what you needed him to do yeah. done, right? Yeah. So You're can you wrong. exactly fault him for that? Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it was a bad appearance. It's just like you want to see something when they're when, when these guys are battling, especially a guy like Dakota Hudson, who we've been talking now. What is this the third straight spring that we've been talking about? Can Dakota Hudson make that jump as a young pitcher? Um, you know, obviously a few years ago it wasn't talking about him being the sixth starter, but now that's the conversation piece. And so to see him go out there and not, I guess, again, he didn't falter, but he didn't take advantage. Of of a guys like Graceffo and McGreevy, who you know are kind of hot on his tails as the young potentially sixth uh, starters or long relievers, those guys falter and he doesn't take advantage of the very next game. It's the opposite of what we saw Brendan Donovan do, literally 12, 15 hours after we all talked about giving up his spot at second base. Well, I can tell you one thing, especially after Graceffo and McGreevy's performance the other day, I don't think Hudson has anything guess, to worry yeah, about right at this moment. If you compare, if you compare <laughs> the two starts, I would say that Hudson looked pretty solid. Also, I, I can get your point of like you want to see a little bit more of that fire from him. We saw that last season when there wasn't 
there wasn't a place for him and he was battling his way back in. And you're like, man, there's that mean streak from Dakota Hudson because he's, you know, this nice mm-hmm. Tennessee boy and, you know, just has a very calm demeanor about himself, which is great oh. for a pitcher. But you want some of that edge. <laughs> now I see what you I see did. The yeah, you, now I see what I did. See, you want to okay. see some of that edge. And you got to see that a little bit towards the end of last season when he was trying to prove himself mm-hmm. back into the Cardinals starting rotation spot or rotation. And I don't know. I mean, who knows what what they're kind of thinking with him this season. Maybe he'll be in the bullpen. But as of right now, if you're talking about comparing him to McGreevy and Graceffo, I'm more impressed with his start than theirs. Indeed. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we have our great friend Jay Delsing joining us. We'll talk a little golf news, maybe some live. Uh, see what's going on in the golf world. That's next on The Open and Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to talk to our great friend, PJ Golf Pro, Jay Delsing. Jay, how you doing this morning? Carrie, I'm good. Good morning, Brooke. What's happening? Hi, uh, Jay. They have former PGA pro. Are you? You're never a former PGA pro, right? You're you're always current. Like I'm never just a former Stiller or a former Super Bowl champion. You're always currently that. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, just keep calling me, you, and then call me whatever you want. I'm, uh, I'm easy. Just as long as you quit talking golf, I'm happy. And uh, we're we're probably putting people to sleep on this segment, but it's all right. It's all there we go. No. We'll get them up. They'll be fine. Uh, Jay, I wanted to ask you about the uh, PGA Tour considering changes where they will have no cuts, kind of in the form of the live tournament. What are your thoughts about that? If PGA decides to go in that in that route. Well, it's interesting, guys, because there has been precedent on the PGA Tour before. We've had events with no cuts. But to me, this entire redoing of our schedule and everything, it, it just it just is too similar to the things that Greg Norman wanted to do in 1994 and in 1997. And it, it, I, I don't know. I, I just have not loved our response. I don't like the, the way the leadership has is it just seems kind of knee jerky to me. And I, and I just don't like it. I, I got to tell you, I've watched the full swing. I don't know if you guys have watched full swing on Netflix and it was, it's really cool in a lot of aspects. And it's, you know, the, the PGA tour has changed so dramatically and I get it. I mean, I'm a really old man, but it, it, the, the way that they portrayed it um, on, on full swing and, and so much, so many private jets and so many, it, it, it's not really crazy indicative of what's going on it is for those particular players but then as we go ahead and transition more into a top 50 instead of a top 125 and things like that the tour is going to be much more focused on those top players and so you know i get it from a sponsor standpoint but i just don't like it i think the tour the cut guys lends some drama on Fridays, it's also the way it was an integral part of us learning how to play on tour. You know, the first thing you had to do was try to figure out, man, how do I make a cut when I'm really not playing very well? When you're playing well, it's not a big deal, but there's a, a, a real mental hurdle to get over doing that. And I, I also think that a lot of players, um, you know, you learn a lot about yourself doing it that way. 
Jay, obviously you're very familiar with TBC Sawgrass, with the Players' Championship underway right now. What can you say about playing there? I mean, even we saw, I mean, McElroy is plus four right now at the moment. Can you talk about how difficult it is to play there? Yeah, Brooke, you know what? That golf course doesn't lend itself to anyone's game more than any tournament all year long. And if you look at the champions you've had there, you've had some great champions. Tiger Woods has won there a couple of times, and you've had some really big names. And you've also had some guys like the Stephen Ameses of the world, the Craig Perkses of the world, the Fred Funks of the world, that come up and win that event because the golf course is so crazy demanding. Off the tee, you have to hit both draws and fades. Into the greens, you have to hit both draws and fades. And today's player is much more one-dimensional than back in the day. And from a betting standpoint, which is huge in the world of golf now and, and some of our listeners, the, the, the field at the players, the 144 players that are playing there, is the most wide-open field of the year. We're so unpredictable. The numbers back it up year after year after year. And, for example, if you compare it to Augusta, guys, the winner at Augusta, 80% of the time comes out of the top 16 players in the world. So if you want to throw a couple of bucks down on somebody to win at Augusta, you got to stay in the top 16. When you go to TPC, throw your cards up in the air and pick one because <laughs> it is really wide open. We're talking with PGA golf pro Jay Delsing. Jay, the uh, the top, number one, number two, number three players all played in the first round together. You got McElroy, you got John Rahm, you got Scotty Scheffler. And I, we talked about McElroy going plus four in the first round. How difficult is it knowing that that number one slot in the world is on the line and all of you all are in the same group? Or does it make it easier for you because you're able to see what everyone is doing? Well, it, it, it's both. I mean, right? There's pressure. I've never been uh, world number one, unfortunately. I tried really hard and didn't really get that close. But it, 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 what, what happens when you're playing with good players, you guys, is you see you're likely to see a, some really good golf. Somewhere along the line in those 36 holes, you're going to see a lot of good golf. And that's, that's encouraging. One of the hardest things is when you're playing with somebody that's really having a bad day. And there are balls flying all over the place. There's a bunch of three and four footers being missed. It is, it it it's 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 actually harder, you know, to watch someone go through that. It, it takes a little longer. It's easy to get out of your own rhythm. And what happens for these guys now is they're taking one day at a time and and getting into the processes of what they do really really well. And especially these three that are one, two, and three in the world, they've been playing extremely great golf. And, you know, they're, they're, on a, they're kind of on a program right now where they're just trying to lock in and, and stay focused on what they can handle and, and, and nothing else, really. Jay, you know, for you, it seems like more and more of these players are just split over Liv and the PGA Tour. And even many players have just called, including Stetson, just calling for an end for this feud. Do you see an end anytime soon for this feud? I don't, Brooke, because I don't. Here's here's the thing that I can tell you guys with a hundred percent certainty: almost every one of those guys that went to live is dying this week because they don't get to play in the players. This event is a, such a cool event. The golf course is brings so much drama. The purse is always super huge, and it's the best, the best field of the year. Regardless of what anybody says, until we had to live split, right? Most 
of the top players always play at the players. And what I here's here's the problem that I have. You look at the guys. You look at Kepka and DJ, and they took over a hundred million dollars each. How do you make that right? So you look at you and you guys. We're sitting around, and I'm Justin Thomas, and you're Jordan Spieth, and you're Colin Morikawa, and you've been offered you know a hundred million dollars plus, and we all turned it down. And now Brooks Kepka is going to get back in, but he's got his money, and we didn't take any. And now we're going to invite him in to play for our purses and let him back under this umbrella. I just don't see it, man. I, I think I, I think that um, I, I don't know how that's – I mean, are they going to pay a $50 million fine, and then who gets that money? Where does that go? How, how do you justify it? I don't see it. I, I, I really don't. I, don't. I don't know how this works itself out. Jay, what's coming up this weekend on Golf with Jay Delsing? Oh, my gosh. I've got Alan Shipnuck um, um, on my my podcast with Danny Mac. We do – oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I've got Lee Trevino coming. Uh, we, we do Beyond the Fairways. Uh, we drop that on Wednesday. And Golf with Jay Delsing this week, uh, we've got um, – uh, we've got Bummer, Barry, and Ray Farnell. They are great teachers out at Whitmore, and they do some phenomenal stuff, you guys, with junior golf. Their junior golf program out west at Whitmore Country Club is rocking, and they're working on a facility down in Chesterfield Valley for kids, and so they just do some really great stuff in the community for, for the youth and, and help grow the game. Jay, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to talking to you next week, and uh, this weather will be breaking pretty soon, so I think we're going to get out there and get some golf in. Yeah, we are. Now, how, how's it without the big dog in the studio? It's probably pretty good over there. Uh, you guys kicking your feet up You ever bit? heard the, the <laughs> saying, the in, inmates running the asylum? That, that's us right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you're doing great. You're doing great. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Have a great day, guys. That was PGA Golf Pro Jay Delsing joining us. And coming up next, we'll talk a little Battle Hawks. They got their first home game this weekend. Head coach Anthony Beck will be joining us here on the opening drive. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
time for the Battle Hawks to make their home appearance this weekend. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and talk to my good friend and former teammate, head coach Anthony Beck. Coach, how you doing this morning? Hey, what's up, Carrie? It's good to be on, man. Brooke, welcome to the party. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Beck. It's, it's been awesome so far. Carrie's been great as well. Just We're, we're pushing along right now because we don't have Randy in studio, but I feel like we're having a lot of fun. Well, it's a, it's a home opener week, so obviously you guys got to get fired up a little more oh, for me. Oh, <laughs> we, we, we are ready are. to go, Coach Beck. How, how excited are you about finally getting your first home appearance? You all had your first three games on the road. Uh, you finally get to get this team here so they can see what XFL football is really all about. Yeah, no question. You know, going on the road obviously was a difficult task for us, but you know, actually kind of, you know, at this point we're, we went to them one. Uh, you know, we, we've shown at least the St. Louis fans that, you know, we're a competitive, hard-fighting team. And I think it kind of reached out and kind of got more buzz in the city and, and it's got more tickets. And, you know, I know we're, we're pretty much down to the wire as far as what's available. And I think there's going to be some big news coming out maybe at some point today. But uh, really excited to be there for the fan base coming out of that dome. The guys are uh, really, you know, just amped up about being in St. Louis for the game. And uh, it's going to be special, man. I you know, like you said, it, it kind of set the standard for XFL 2020. And I think now it's not even close. So we need that to be uh, a reason for us and a, and a helpful reason for us in the game. And it will uh, when those situations come up. But uh, we are excited to come back into town. Coach, A.J. McCarron, obviously everybody's just really fallen in love with the way that he has talked about the XFL and also just playing in front of his children. What can you say about working with him as a person and also his performance on the field? Obviously, he's kind of leading your high-scoring offense right now, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, he's a pro. He's someone that obviously has played at a level that understands, you know, what you're looking for from from a leadership standpoint. Uh, you know, when we looked at quarterbacks for our team, we probably scoured 80 to 100 guys. You know, we really came down to we want someone that can win at the line of scrimmage, win in pre-snap, almost an additional coach on the field, someone that can survey the land and really, you know, put us in the best situation to have a productive play. And that's exactly what he's done so far, you know, giving him the pedestal, giving him the opportunity to kind of rejuvenate himself, be be the guy well, like he once was back in college. You know, he's had some ups and downs with the NFL with injuries and different situations. Now he gets to kind of run the show, and it, it's been great. And it really was it was on him to, to, to come out and, and put his side of it in and, and show up and play, and he's done that so far. He's, he's been great for us, and, and uh, you know, he, he's having a special season. Anthony, you all took your first loss to a tough D.C. defenders team last week. Uh, and after the game, I, I saw your tweet. You tweeted, St. Louis, that's on me. Uh, we'll be better next week. What, what about that uh, game made you feel like that, you know, you all needed to play better? And how important is it for you to actually be in front of things and when things don't go well, be the one that says, hey, I'll be better, so we'll be better in games to come? Yeah, you know, I, you know listen, being a former player, I, I was always a guy that, you know, said, you know, listen, whatever the play is called, whatever was asked of me, you know, I got to do my job. If I didn't do my job, I was one less component to making a play happen. And you never know what's going to happen. There was probably four plays in that game uh, out of the 150 total that were difference makers in the, in the game. And if you were in on that play and whatever your assignment was, you know, whatever, if we had a bust or this or that, we have to be better making sure that in those particular plays and when they come up, our guys are prepared a little better. So, you know, that that's on me. And, of course, you know, at the end of the game, just how tempers flare throughout, 
you know, uh, that's not the culture I set. That's not the standard that we, we stand by. Emotions get high. You know, things happen. you got to be able to pull yourself back from some of those moments. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, you know, we, we just want to come out and kind of uh, redeem ourselves a little bit. So uh, that's what we'll do. You know, it's been a great week of practice. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, recalibrated ourselves to get back to what our goals are. Our goal is to win every game every week. You know, we, we just don't put a standard on we're, we're, we're going to go in there and lose a game. So when we can control those things, don't turn the ball over and play the way we have, uh, we're, we're going to be special. And I thought the offense started to crank it up throughout that game. We just got to finish the deal when we get those opportunities. So uh, it's another opportunity for us. You know, we only get 10 total. Three are in the bucket, and, uh, you know, we got to get back on track this week. Coach, I saw you tweet out a picture of you in the Dome just getting ready for this home opener this weekend and just the excitement level from fans, but also from you, just the feelings of being back in the Dome, having a game played there. What does that mean to you? Because we obviously know that you've played there before. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be electric. I mean, I don't. I think there's going to be more fans than there were when I was playing there, guys, in, <laughs> in 08. I mean, it just wasn't a great season for the Rams, but – um, you know, this is an exciting time. It's an exciting time for the city. There's a lot going on, you know, with the soccer team and now us coming into town. We have a good product, uh, which is great. The fans, you know, not only can go to a game and enjoy football, but they know they got a good team coming in that, that's going to compete and, uh, you know, really look, look the part on the field as well. So we're excited to get there. You know, St. Louis has always got a special place for me. It's always great when I came back over the offseason and summertime. But uh, now it's for real. We'll have all our players together our coaching staff uh everybody you know it's it's got some type of a special tie and they're excited when they see those film and videos of 2020 and now we're exceeding those levels from a fan standpoint it's going to be electric we're talking with st louis battlehawks head coach anthony beck the battlehawks take on the arlington renegades this sunday at 3 p.m their first home game coach what uh, uh problems do the renegades present to you all this this coming this upcoming sunday yeah. Well, you know, first off, I mean, they're really well coached. You know, Coach Stoops does a great job. He's, you know, was there in 2020. Um, you know, they have some longstanding high resume coaches on their staff, former uh, Battlehawks head coach, Jonathan Hazer, coordinator, Jay Hayes, defensive coordinator, Tim Lewis. These are guys that have been around the NFL and know how to get players prepared. So uh, that's going to be a big challenge for us, you know, and, and a lot of their guys on defense, quite frankly, are older players, guys that have played a lot of football technique sound guys that you know understand the position and have a lot of experience so we have to amp ourselves up offensively and uh, for them offensively I think they've been okay you know they've kind of um, you know they really haven't had that game yet and you know how it is you get a couple weeks under your belt you, you keep performing and doing things and you win games it buys you time to get better so we're expecting to get their best effort uh, it's a big game for both teams, both two and one. And, uh, you know, in our place, you know, especially for our fan base, you know, we talk about it all the time, but we're going to have all those fans in there. Third down needs to be crucial for us. Uh, we need to be the, the loudest stadium uh, across the board in the XFL. It needs to be a factor in the game. So anytime we have third down, we need those fans to get going, get loud, and make it difficult for them because this is a game changer when you're talking about the number of fans and the excitement that we have on those particular plays that can help us on defense. And then the last question for me, and it's uh, probably one that's been asked the most here in St. Louis. There's one particular person who's been tweeting a lot about the Battlehawks, the Battlehawks in particular. He's one of the most recognizable faces in the world. That's one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is The Rock going to be here Sunday? 
<laughs> that's a, you know, that's a great question. You know, I, I, listen, if, if he can get there, he'll be there. I, I would say no matter what game he does, if he does come to, it's going to be electric. But, man, it'd be nice to see him out there, get the crowd pumped up a little bit. I have seen some of his uh, tweets on social media really uh, rallying up the fans and, and, and congratulating them for their for the fact that they're you know going to be part of this uh, this season. So uh, I'll tell you who's going to be there. I'll be there. Our teammates will be there. Our coaching staff will be there. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our damnedest to, to, to have a great game and, and show out and, and entertain the fans and hopefully bring home a win. Well, St. Louis will be there as well, Coach. We wish you the best of luck this weekend, and we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. That was Battle Hawks head coach Anthony Beck, and I'm excited. I know you are, Brooke. This is going to be so much fun to get the Battle Hawks back here. You know, the season got shorted a couple of couple of years ago due to the pandemic, and to get them back in the fold and seeing how how raucous that stadium was when they were here, it's going to be pretty much the same this season. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm super pumped. I, I'm extremely excited. It was so much fun going to that game in 2020, and the fan bases, the people, the way that people dressed up yeah. too. I mean, it, w- it was extremely exciting, and I need everybody at home to do a nice little caca as we get ready for this weekend. <laughs> Indeed. That's Brooke. I'm Kerry. Coming up next, we got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. T.O.L.E. is next. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley's here. Kerry Davis is here. Matthew Rocchio is here. It is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Brooke, we talked about this earlier. The Alexei Torpchenko playing on the first line and came to a surprise, came as a surprise to all of us that he was pushed up to the first line, but played extremely well. Take It or Leave It. This is a line, even going into next season with him on it, can have sustained sustained success, and can he can be one of your top six this the rest of this year and next year. You have a, a look on your face. I don't know if you're contemplating or you're disturbed by that comment. Look, well, because here's the thing: is is I I feel like it's tough because I with what I'm about to say, I'm not taking away that he's a great player. I don't know if he can always be a top line guy Mm -hmm. is my biggest thing I don't know if he's exactly built for that if that's you know what he is meant to be in this process I think every once in a while I think it would be great but I don't know maybe this is just me personally I don't see him as a top six forward also your top six forwards and your best performers should be the guys with the giant contracts right so I would like to see more of that happening but you know that's and I don't know I just don't see it him sustaining that spot but 
maybe it's just me. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. He yeah. has that fire. He has that intensity. And he has that want to. Mm -hmm. And that's what Army and that's what Barubi have been saying is they want guys out there who want to be here. Right. And he's he's doing that. So he's getting that reward. I like it because I think it brought stability to that line. And Robert Thomas has been playing well. Jordan Cairo, it gives somebody that is more of physical presence, going to be direct straight to the net and get those rebound opportunities when those two decide to take a shot on goal. So I like it. I think he's just a little bit different than, than those two, which makes it work that much better all right take it or leave it if you listened to our show yesterday or you could go back and listen you heard greg amsinger just absolutely destroy my little heart <laughs> by saying that <laughs> lars newtbar will be the odd man out in the outfield by the time that the season starts and uh take it or leave it i'm gonna say no way because i don't know if he's paying attention but lars newtbar continuing to do really well for Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic. And yes, that does matter how these guys perform in the World Baseball Classic. 100% they're paying attention to Lars and what he's doing. And he's been really good so far. Take it or leave it. Lars will be your right fielder. I'm going to take it. I, I've been saying it. I think I think Lars will be in right field. And you got to figure out who's going to be in center field because I think Jordan Walker is in left. Hmm. All right, fine. <laughs> if you say so, if you just want to put the hottest hitting young prospect that looks like a, you right, know, like I he was chiseled out of marble, yeah, sure, fine. I think you should. If you want to. All right, be boring. Take it or leave it. Tommy Edmonds swipes at least 40 bases this year and wins a gold glove at shortstop. Swipes at least 40 bases and wins a gold glove? That's what the tweet said. Text said. I'm going to leave One, that. I don't know. 40 bases seems like a lot. Even... With the, uh, well, yeah, increase the increase in size. Yeah. And it's gone up. Uh, right? and Jeff Passon tweeted yesterday, um, in previous years, the average stolen bases per game was about 1.5. It's up yeah. to about 2.4 right, right now per game. Yeah, so, so I, I heard that. I don't know if he's going to be the one that is stealing the most bags, though. On and the just, Cardinals? Uh, on the, uh, and, and, yeah. And on, mm, yeah, maybe. It, well, yeah. Okay. I don't okay. see them. Right now, I don't see them as a team – I don't know that they have a, a, a 25, 30 stolen base guy, in my opinion, right now. Now, if there were a Mason win on the roster, then potentially yes. Uh, but right now, I don't think that that's going to take place. Well, so I looked this up because I didn't know it right off the right off the back of my hand. But Tommy Edmund appeared in 159 games for the 2021 season and had 30 stolen bases, over 641 at bats. Okay. That, that's last year. That's, yeah, that's, that's last out year? there. That's I didn't feel like it was thirty. Let's see what, it, or is this saying? No, 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 no. I, I would, yeah, I, I thirty seems like a lot, maybe. But either way, I don't know that that the Cardinals are going to have. Yeah, thirty-two last year. Thirty-two. He had 32? thirty the year prior. Oh. You so see, we, Tommy so Edmund heard you he and said, "I'll me. show but, you." But here's the question: Does Tommy Edmund get? Uh, the year he had 30, he sw he had a 641 at-bats. And last year when he had 32, he had 577 at-bats. Does the potential glut of mid middle no. infield talent He's playing. bring his at-bat total down? Just slightly. No. I'm no. saying... He's or, playing. He, right. he The other two are going to have to figure right. it out. <laughs> but okay. I'm just saying, he's playing. So he's going to play I'm gonna a lot, take it. but maybe not as much. I'm going to take it maybe just because... I'm going to take it because... I mean, I feel like he's going to continue to 40 bags. do that. I can see that. And then also, too, you have the bigger bases. And, I mean, that's been the biggest and the topic, less, right? And, and the, less, the least amount of times. You can't throw over, you know, more than twice. you got to get I, him if it's I'm third I'm all time, in so. on 
Tommy Edmond. I'm just saying, his at-bat count from two years ago to last year came down 70 at-bats in one year. Mm -hmm. And partially, I'm I'm thinking because you gave Brendan Donovan 400 at-bats. So if Nolan Gorman sees his go up by 100, is that all coming from Brendan Donovan? Or is some of that going to come still maybe from Tommy Edmond going from 577 to 540, 530? That's all I'm saying. I don't think his his plate appearances are going to drop. Uh, I almost said it again, <laughs> dramatically or, or drastically or dramatically. Whatever. Dramatically. Just, just add it to the lexicon. All right, taking or leave it. Two of Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman, and Juan Yepes start the season in Memphis. Leave it. Two of two of the three. Yes, and I believe that. Would, I, I believe we would call that the anti Greg Amzinger tester. Yeah, I would say none of the three. Start the season in Memphis. I think they're all three going to be on the roster. I think we should do a see who's going to be on this roster at some point. Start to make our picks like a full roster. Who's in, who's out. Because I think there are going to be some people left off of that list that uh, may uh, upset some people. Take it or leave it. City SC has their first tie this weekend. Be, be a draw. Leave it. Why do you want people to draw? Why wouldn't you want them to win, <laughs> ma'am, yeah. sir? Carrie, we had this conversation. Let's, they, let, we don't want them to do it to us. Let's not do it to them. What's Prediction that? Predictions are not wants. Okay. They're just your thoughts. They're just your thoughts. And your you thoughts could, become reality. You can want something. You see how that works, Rock? Right? You, you, see, how, you see how that works, Rock? Right? Don't you? <laughs> go read the what secret. Get out of here. That's the, exactly. The things you think are no, the things get, that you become. No, no. It's the law. It's the Take power of the energy. Take it or leave it. Every time someone mentions that book, I roll my eyes and walk away from the conversation. <laughs> you don't believe in that book? No. Not at all. The prim- No. I'm not getting into it, Carrie. I'm not getting into it's it. It's the law of attraction, Rock. It's the things you think about are the things that come towards you. Take it or leave it. Lars Newbar <laughs> will not only be an opening day starter, but an NL All-Star and a top 10 MVP Ooh, candidate I'm in 2023. Gonna, well, I'll Look at the first, smile Brooke. on Brooke's face. I, I don't know if that's a smile or a grimace. She, well, she... <laughs> yeah, it was, a little, it was a little bit of both because I'm with you on the first part, but you kind of lose me towards the end of top 10 MVP candidate in 2023. In 2023, I don't know about that one. I, I'll agree with you on the first part, so I'm going to take that first part and I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see that last part and just leave the rest of that behind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it as well. The the top ten MVP seems a bit, seems like a lot, so I'm gonna leave that part. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Rock. Thank you. Coming up next, we have St. Louis City midfielder Edward Lubin talking to us. We'll ask him about the environment and the atmosphere in their opening day match this past weekend. That's next on the opening drive. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Lubin to put St. Louis ahead, heading into halftime. He does! Loops it! St. Louis City turns it around! Opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Carrie Davis. And look, we're just continuing to roll with the big interviews this morning. And now we will welcome in from the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. We are joined by St. Louis City SE midfielder Edward Leuven, or his nickname, I guess we should say, is Edu. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning. I'm I'm very good. Thanks for asking. So we're I, I like the Edu. I didn't know that that was your nickname. Is that what everybody calls you now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty okay with this name. I, I like this name and uh, I'm used to it. All right, we're, we'll call you Edward and Edu at times too. So first, uh, we've been obviously talking about the home opener and just how electric the environment was. Could you just describe the feeling and now even just reflecting on it from last weekend, what it was like? with that home opener, just looking around and seeing just a packed city park stadium full of fans? Yeah, honestly, um, everybody of us uh, expected that, but it was still so exciting. Um, honestly, it was so hard for me to, to wait the whole day. The, the game was at 7.30, and I didn't know what to do anymore at home. And <laughs> I was waiting and waiting for, for this day, for this moment. And um, as I said before, the moment I stepped in, I had uh, goosebumps. The, the atmosphere was incredible and very unique. And um, I mean, to end this night with a win, uh, you could tell how happy everybody were, uh, was, the, the fans, how, how exciting they were. And they were great, great support. And I mean, uh, we have to give a lot of credit also to them uh, that we could win this game. Edward, how did uh, you've played games in Germany and played games in Europe? How did the City Park experience compare to those experiences? Yeah, I mean, uh, Germany's uh, uh, soccer culture, you know, they, they love soccer so much. It's the biggest thing there. And the stadiums were amazing. The atmosphere there um, in almost every stadium was, was really great. And some stadiums we played um, in front of 70,000 people. But uh, as I said, uh, this atmosphere in this game was very special and very unique. You know, you are playing for expansion team. You are playing uh, for for a city which waited 70 years for this moment. So it doesn't matter if it's 22.5. And I guess if in the stadium there were 70,000 uh, seats, I, I guess 70,000 uh, would have come to this game. So um, it was very special and uh, the way that they supported us. And I don't know, it was an incredible night and for sure uh, a unique experience in my career. We are joined by St. Louis City SC midfielder Edward Leuven. And Edward, I noticed that you said some really great comments after that game about how you've been looking for a home. You want to make St. Louis your home. What did you mean by that? Um, yeah, first of all, to, to get settled in, you know, um, going on loan means always that you are prepared to, to go somewhere else after the season. Here I have a contract for, for a few years. Um, and I mean, we, we have all the things we need uh, to get settled in. We found very quickly a very 
very good church. Uh, we feel very comfortable there. We uh, have a lot of friends there. Um, the team is great. And I mean, not only the team. Um, when I talk about the team, I'm talking about everything, like the whole club, the, the stuff and the atmosphere in the club is just uh, so amazing. And I just love to and enjoy myself to come to training and um, can't wait the whole week for, for every single game. It's It's just a great working atmosphere in the club. And um, also in the city, you know, the way uh, people are welcoming you to the city. Uh, I truly haven't experienced that before. Edward, we've had Lutz Fannistil on our on our show many times, and he's talked about the style of play that you all play with, the attacking style. Do you ever get tired doing all of that? How tiring is that style of play for you all as players? Yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is uh, tiring for sure. But, um, you know, in the end, of the game, I, you know, even if I'm exhausted, I still want to keep going. I still want to play because I I enjoy to play, you know, and even, I don't know, against Austin the last 10 minutes, I don't know if you could see that, but I had cramps in my hamstrings and my mm. calves, but I just kept going, you know, because I enjoy the game and also I just wanted to, to win the game and um, the same is, is every game. And I mean, in uh, the end of the day, we have to keep going like this because uh, that's the style we want to play. Uh, we have a lot of sprints. We are playing very intense uh, with with our style of pressing. But, um, yeah, thankfully it worked out the first two games. Is there any different type of style of training you all have to do to prepare for a game? Is it different from any other, other clubs that you've been a part of? Um, I mean, we, we obviously focus a lot on pressing. So in training, we have a lot of uh, training in um, tight spaces. Uh, you, you don't have much time so that you get used to, to this chaos and to be always under pressure. So, um, yeah, it, it's a little bit different for sure. In every, in every club, uh, the training was different. All right. And obviously another big game for you guys tomorrow. What? How are you guys preparing for Portland and just the expectations going to that one? Because, you know, no pressure here, but we're looking for you guys to just continue the good times rolling and starting out 3-0. and Yeah, I mean, of, of course we, we want to win this game. Uh, the, the same like the last two games, but we know it's going to be a very tough game. Portland, um, the stadium is great. Uh, the atmosphere there is uh, very loud, and uh, the crowd is uh, supporting um, yeah their team. So in the end, uh, we we have to we have to have the same energy like in the first two games. And if we um, yeah have less energy in the game, and uh, I don't know uh, underrate the, the opponent, it's going to be very very hard because Portland is a very good team. Um, they are very good in transition. We are pre- prepared for that, and. Um, yeah, I think if we if we make a good game, if we uh, stick with our principles, play the the way we we played in the first two games, be clinical in front of the goal, then I think we have we have great chances to to win this game. As last question for you, as you just kind of get acclimated to St. Louis, is there anything that you've learned about St. Louis that has surprised you? Um, yeah, um, what really surprised me and what I really love is. Uh, the the way the city is holding together, you know, uh, all are sticking together. It feels like all are supporting each other. You know, it doesn't matter if, for example, um, I heard uh, Roman was in the um, in the Blues game, and they showed him, you know, on camera, and everybody was, uh, yeah, screaming for for <laughs> Blues City and 
you know, it, it's it's just incredible, and it's so nice, you know, to to see that the it's not only city fans, you know, not only soccer fans, it's the whole city behind this club, you know, and supporting this club, and all are working together. And I mean, uh, you you don't have that really often, and I think it's very very nice and uh, makes us player uh, even even more motivated. All right, thank you so much, Edward, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys play tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, that was Edward Leuven, St. Louis City SC midfielder, and they will be playing the Portland Timbers tomorrow at 9.30 p.m., and that will be really exciting to see. Maybe they'll be able to start off 3-0. and We have much more Blues talk coming up. We're going to have Joey Vitale coming on to break down the Blues with a big win. That's next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Good morning and welcome back to the opening drive. Joined by Brooke Grimsley, I am Kerry Davis, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and talk to our great friend, Joey Vitale. Joey V, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Kerry, what's going on, buddy? Doing great today. How are you guys? Doing well. Did you get out and run this morning? No run today. Canceled the run today. (laughs) What's going on? You're slacking, Joey V. What's going on? Spring break, man. Everyone's off in different directions ah. here. No, no one's time for the run anymore. Life, life happens. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get that as well. Well, Joey, obviously you have to be pretty excited because the Blues with a win last night. Something about the Blues and the Sharks, right? They f- seem to find a way to win against them. They really do. I think that this Blues team obviously set the tone pretty hard. I think that 2019 run in the Western Conference Final there were you know, I remember Steve Ott talking to us and, you know, in the middle of that series on the plane and I said, you know, what do, what do you think about the series? And and he said, we're going to be fine and we got one thing we want to do. And I said, what's that? And he said, we just want to hit them. He actually used a different word, but we want to hit them. <laughs> we want to absolutely crush them, hit them, forecheck them, make them feel pain every time they touch the puck. And you look at how they played in that series, how they battled back from that series. They were, they, remember, they started down one nothing that series. They dropped that first game in San Jose. But then, of course, they just continued to do that and had that mindset. And it's funny how that series, to me, guys, really has continued to carry over year after year. And, Joey, I heard you talking about Torpchenko being promoted to the top line, and you were all for it. At first, I was a little shocked and concerned with what Craig Berube was doing there, not taking away anything from what Torpchenko was doing, but seeing him not just in that top six spot, but also on that top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Obviously, it paid off. Is that a line that you think we'll see continue moving forward? And what did you think of Torpchenko's performance? I thought he was terrific. I thought he's been very good. You know, we all know what he can do. He can skate. He can hit. He can get to the front of the net. That's what's kind of got him the promotion to be there. I think the biggest thing that I've liked out of his game personally was, you know, you go back a couple weeks ago when the Blues dropped that game at home to the Vancouver Canucks in overtime. You know, Torpchenko, who ended up scoring a goal in that game, he had some comments in the, in the, in the media after that game was over about, not only his performance, but the uh, but the team's performance. And he was in some ways calling out his teammates a little bit, not individually, but as a team. He said, we need to be better. 
And that's a lot of times something that a veteran player will do. But for a young player like Tolchenko to do that, uh, he certainly did it. Now, my thing was, how is he going to respond to this? You know, is he going to let this eat him up? Of course, there were some things going back and forth in the media based off of what he said. But I think the way he's responded, it's been two weeks since those comments, his game has just continued to elevate and gone up and up and up. So that's where I look at Torbchenko as he's definitely got that internal motivation to be something better for this team. And I love the fact of how he really played on that first line last night. You look at that first goal from Tory Krug. Robert Thomas ends up finding Tory Krug on the backside. And you know what? It was Torbchenko that ended up getting to the front of the net to draw two defenders with him to create that space behind him. So things like that, going to the net, sticking around the net, that's the things that are going to be very beneficial for that top line. Joey, we were talking earlier, and I, I wanted to go back to the Sharks question. Uh, Brooke brought up that they were 8-0 and versus the Sharks in their last eight games, obviously. And, and so I had a question. If you and I could work to petition the NHL to potentially play the Sharks every game, Hey, you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I would, I would actually prefer that. We get a little, you know, we actually went through something similar to that during the, that crazy COVID season where we only played in our division. Uh, I don't know if, Brooke, you remember this. We played oh, yeah. the Arizona Coyotes seven times in a row. <laughs> yes. it, was, it, was, it was mind-numbing. I mean, I mean, talk about zero preparation needed for those games after about the second or third one. It was like Groundhog Day over and over and over. <laughs> um, so as much as I would like to see that because the wins and loss column would certainly help the Blues, I think it would get a little bit old after a while, uh, unfortunately, as we had a little sample size of that versus the Coyotes a few years back. Joey, what were your thoughts about Bucinavich moving to center and playing on the line with Kapanen and Verona? I thought he adjusted very well. Remember, this is a kid that when he was drafted, he was drafted as a centerman. You know, and then he eventually, before he played for the Rangers, they moved him to wing. The Rangers kept him at wing. So this is a natural spot for him. He's played there a lot in his career, his young career. Craig Berube, you know, wants to see him in the middle because of two main reasons, like I was talking about on the broadcast last night. Right now, he's skating very well, and he sees the ice, he's making plays. I mean, when you've when you got a guy that's skating well and that can see the ice and make plays, to me, those are the guys you want in the middle of the ice. And that's what Craig Berube has done by putting them there. I think the one, the one area that I think Craig Berube was kind of hypersensitive, or at least focused on, was how he, would be, how he would adjust on the face-off circle. You know, and Alex and I broke this down in the pregame last night. Face-offs, face-offs are just, you know, attitude. It's just that compete. That's why year after year, you see the same three guys at the top of the league. And it's really not much about their stick, not really much about their quickness. In fact, they're actually older guys who probably lack quickness and lack a couple things, whether it be Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly or Kopitar or Jonathan Taves. Those are the guys every year. And you know, you ask some of their teammates, whether it be players that play with him in Chicago for Taves or, or Ryan O'Reilly we've known personally, Patrice Bergeron, I know a few Boston Bruins players. They all say the same thing about those guys. They're just competitive son of a gun. So for Bushnevich on the faceoff dot, it's again no surprise he had a good faceoff um, night last night. I think he was around sixty percent. He's a competitive guy. Craig Bruby just has been uh, in awe of him since he's come over here, and he actually said said about him yesterday how he just really wants to win. He's got a great passion, a desire to win, and when you have that deep deep passion for anything, uh, including faceoffs, you're gonna you're gonna do very well. We are talking to Blues analyst Joey Vitale. Joey. Another player that really stood out to me last night was Robert Thomas. I mean, especially his response. You don't like to see that turnover that led to the Carlson goal, but still, the way that he performed after that just really stood out to me. What can you say about his performance? Obviously, too, with the power play goal, that helped out a lot. But the way that he set up Tory Krug for his goal was incredible. Yeah, he continues to play well, Brooke. You know, I think that, you know, the, the setup there to Tory Krug, patience um, to find Krug on that second layer. You know, he's got that vision. He reminds you of like an owl because 
He's got such a good peripheral vision where he can turn his head left and right. And, and just when you think he's seen it all, he's got one more spot to his far left or his far right. He may pick some up, pick someone up to make a pass. And that's what that Tory Krug one was like. And then certainly the power play goal, that was a huge one. I mean, this is a power play that has struggled lately. It's been very good against the San Jose Sharks, but it's been a power play that has struggled as a whole. Uh, for him to kind of creep down there, again, it was a pass there from Saad, but Butch Navis started the whole play. Uh, but to come in on that short side, find Saad there, he found him. Nice little high slot shot. You like the way he goes down on a knee. It was just a pretty pretty remarkable shot to go far side there on Kakinen and to go just over his blocker there. That certainly got the fans on their feet and pumped up. And to me, at that point in the game, when he scores that power play goal, the game was over. You really felt, and you always feel, with a struggling team like the San Jose Sharks, Whenever they go down late in the game like that, it's that feeling of, oh, boy, here we go again. So that was a huge goal last night uh, for Robert Thomas. And, again, you just love seeing the growth with him. Uh, obviously having a new winger on his left in Torbchenko, you always want to see what the adjustment is, not only for the new player, but how that's going to affect you know, your star player like in Thomas. But I think he really played off really well to Torbchenko. He knows what his DSR, he knows what his skill set is. And he fed, he fed the monster in a lot of ways, whether it be the forecheck or whatever that be. And I thought there were some great things they all did tonight. Joey, we've been talking about the change in style of play, obviously from the 2019 team and really from the start of this season to where they are now. I think one of the questions was, the players seem to be okay with the change, but can Barubi adjust to the style change that needs to take place? Is he? How does he manage to coach this, to, this team and this new way of playing that, that is going to help them win games? Well, I think right now, I mean, one of the things that stands out is we're, we're a little bit of a faster team. You know, you, you bring in Yaku Barana, you bring in Kasperi Kapanen. Those, those are fast guys. If you talk about their toolbox, that's something that's in the toolbox. They, they play fast. We saw Barana speed last night. We continue to see Kapanen speed, especially on the power play. So two fast guys you've added in the last couple of weeks. You already have some quick guys in Cairo. You have quick guys in Robert Thomas. Obviously, Torb Tankos can get up on his horse. So there's probably five or six guys now. They're all in your top six that can skate really fast. And I don't think it's any surprise, Kerry. We've seen we've seen a lot of odd man rushes in the last two games with all these additions. We saw, I think, three breakaways in the Arizona Coyotes game. So there's plenty of plenty of uh, options for Craig Berube as far as, you know, how do we transition this game? And, and to me, uh, the coaching style that needs to really change about it is going to be, I think, maybe you become more of a transition team. And that's where we saw the odd man rushes there in Arizona because of the transition, because they have quick forwards. So instead of maybe a grinded out four checking smash mouth style, maybe you have the tools now where if you want to be a transition team and a puck possession team, um, first of all, you need speed to do that. And I think that's certainly what Doug Armstrong has done by bringing in Kapanen and Brana. Joey, uh, last question for you. It seems like in this final stretch, the Blues have a lot of back-to-backs, including this weekend. They'll go to Columbus, play the Blue Jackets, and then you have the Golden Knights coming to town on Sunday. Just give us a preview of those two games and what you expect from the Blues and how they really handle the back-to-backs, where you go to one city, come back home for another. Well, I think right now with the Columbus tomorrow, I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be an interesting game, Brooke, because you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are you know the worst team in the league right now. Uh, they're obviously have one intention and that is to get a bid to get Connor Bernard. So you have a lot of players that are on LTIR, including some of their star players. So that's going to be an interesting game where you got two teams that are struggling, two teams in the bottom. Where you know, uh, much like last night, it's just kind of like it's kind of roll the dice. We'll just see what happens. And then, of course, uh, Sunday game against the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that's playing extremely well, <clears throat> super talented. They've added some good pieces at the deadline. They have players like Jack Eichel, former captain here, 
Alex Petrangelo. So plenty of talent. So I would say it's it's a very opposite end of the spectrum between uh, to within 36 hours between playing the worst team to playing one of the best teams. So it's definitely going to be a click-it-on mindset when you return home against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's going to be a completely different competition. I will say the Blues have always played Vegas very tough which has been something great ever since they became a franchise a few years ago. So that's a positive thing. Uh, it's a very quick turnaround for these players. And listen, you get into Columbus tonight, get your sleep, play there tomorrow night, and then you travel through the night and get home around maybe 2, 1, 1, 1 o'clock in the morning, hopefully get in bed by 3. And then in some ways, you no morning skate, you just wake up, move your legs a little bit, grab some lunch, get a pregame nap, and you're at the rink again. Uh, I will say players do enjoy these back-to-backs. Uh, not so much with travel in between like we're going to have this weekend, but I think this time of the year, players are sick. They're tired of practicing. They're tired of the reps in practice. They just want to go out there. They just want to play. So I think a lot of these back-to-backs, believe it or not, a lot of these players really enjoy. Joey, last question for me. There was a point in the, I believe it was the second period, where that fourth line was working their butt off in the in the shark zone. It felt like it was about uh, at two minutes, but it may have been about 30 or 40 seconds. You had Walker, Alexandrov, Levo not allowing the Sharks to clear the puck out of their zone. You even saw the crowd kind of getting into it and really appreciating what they were doing. Do you remember that? And, and when you see something like that as a teammate, how much do you do you feel you need to work just as hard as those guys are working in that moment? Because they're giving you everything they got. Well, yeah, it's super contagious, you know, Kerry. It's especially when you see players like veteran guys like Nick Letty, you know, do those things. Whenever, whenever you'd see players do things out of their comfort zone, that's where, that's where I think it becomes really contagious. Whether it be remember when Tarasenko would get in a fight, or when Ryan O'Reilly would block a shot, you know, and then when Robert Bortuzzo would score a goal, right? Everyone, everyone's got their, has got their assets, has got what makes them successful as a player. But truly, when a player steps outside of themselves and does something that maybe is a little bit uncharacteristic of what they do day in and day out, that's where I think it's really. It becomes really attractive for the team to see that and be like, hey, this guy's going out there and he's doing his work. we, we got to pull the weight. I mean, to me, even that, that save that Bennington made early in the game where that puck does not cross the goal line, I mean, he, the effort he makes to get that glove out there and, and keep that thing out. Again, if you're on the bench and you see that and you see that replay, it, it, was, a, it was a review play. You have plenty of time to look at it. I mean, I don't know. As a player, how do you not look at that and think, geez, come on, this guy's grinding for us. we, we got to help him out here. So I think that that's where, you know, good teams, the foundation really does start leaning on each other, seeing your teammates do things out of characteristic for them, and then, of course, just keep pushing forward. Uh, Joey, the Blues drop the puck tomorrow at 6 p.m. You can catch you and Kerber here at 6 p.m. on 101 ESPN. Pre-game starts at 5 p.m. Good luck tomorrow versus the Blue Jackets, and we will talk to you next week, sir. Sounds good, Kerry. Brooke, you guys have a great weekend now. All right, you too, brother. That was our friend Joey Vitelli joining us, and uh, Blues play another one tomorrow. They, got, I mean, they got an opportunity. He said the Blue Jackets are going to be, uh, what, what do we call it, tank hard for Bedard? So they're going to be trying to not take care of their business. So maybe the Blues will get another win. We will uh, have. The, we need a fighter, right? We need a fighter. Yes, we do. And also, I think we, 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 we want to oh. mention tomorrow when we're doing that pre when you listen to that 5 p.m. pregame with Joy Vitale, it's not going to be our good friend Alex oh, Ford. It's going to be me. It's going to be It's going to be, I'm nervous. That's why I was at the game last night trying to follow along with everything Alex Ferrario did. Look, please, please, guys, I'm going to try and do my best. I will not be as good as Alex Ferrario. I will go ahead and put that out there. He's amazing. I wish so. you mentioned that while we had Joey. I forgot yeah. when you told me that. This no, I, I wish you I, mentioned I, that when Joey was. Producer, though you get Grant Francis for the pregame post game, he's a much better producer, so you'll be great. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys will tune in and listen, listen for my first time 
and I'm hoping everything will go well. It will. We have the fight next, and we need a fighter. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. Text the word fight, and maybe Rock will pick you for the fight. That's next on The Opening Drive. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Carrie Davis, and you know what time it is. It's time for the fight, and Carrie Davis has been on fire this entire week, doing a great job stepping in for Mega Mind. There was one day where Tony came in and dethroned him, but then Carrie got back on track yesterday. So now we have a new fighter, and that new fighter is Trent. Trent, thank you so much for joining us. How are you feeling this morning going into the fight? Oh, I'm feeling uh, feeling okay, feeling confident. Gonna beat up on Terry today. Oh, okay. Are you a college basketball fan? Um, somewhat. I mean, I act like it whenever it turns March, like everyone. All right, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm all about March Madness and filling out the brackets the and f- all that stuff. The fight questions they are also doing convincing impression that they care about basketball. <laughs> so get ready for that. All right, Trent. We'll go ahead and get started here. I like your attitude right. coming in this one, so I'm excited to see how this goes. So, question number one. Happy birthday to Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Where did Herbert play his college ball at? Oregon? Oregon. Oh, I didn't even get to give you all the options. Wow, Trent is firing this morning. All right, Trent. Glad you feel confident in that one because it gets a little bit tougher here. On this day in 2020, the NBA suspended its season after which big man became the first to test positive for COVID? Was that Brooke Lopez, Rudy Gobert, or Jonas Valanciunas? Pretty sure that was Rudy, wasn't it? I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. All right, question number three. Georgetown parted ways with school legend Patrick Ewing yesterday. Ewing brought them their only NCAA championship in 1984 when they topped which SEC opponent? Is it Arkansas? Texas? Southwestern Conference. Southwestern. I'm sorry. Southwestern Conference. Sorry. Southwestern Conference opponent. So let me rephrase that for you again. Georgetown parted with school legend Patrick Ewing yesterday. Ewing brought them their only NCAA championship in 1984 when they topped which Southwestern Conference opponent? Is it Arkansas, Texas, or Houston? Complete guess. We're going to go with Texas. All right. And who was the last team to win the NCAA basketball championship while going undefeated throughout the season? Was that UNC, UCLA, or Indiana? Um, I feel like I'm going to go with U, UCLA. All right. We'll double check our scores. Oh, and Trent, how are you feeling? I feel like out of all the people this week. I know I got one right, okay. You said what? <laughs> I said I know I got one right. So that's, that's <laughs> but hey, look, I like your attitude. Most of the people we brought in during the week, it's like they have just kind of woken up. But you're you're ready to go. What have you been doing this morning? You feel very energetic and prepared. Uh, oh, I just, I'm, a, I'm kind of a morning person. I like to get up, you know, get my day started, maybe get a little workout done and 
Oh. Nice. Get, get the juices flowing. <laughs> yep. All right. So, Trent, we now have back in here Carrie Davis. Carrie, how are you feeling? Trent just came out swinging. He I'm, said he's ready to throw down with you, Carrie. I'm doing well. Trent, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Carrie. I hope you packed your lunch. Oh. <laughs> Every day I do, Trent. Yeah, she does. Usually, Every day. They usually smell really good, too. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll go ahead and get started with question number one, Carrie. All right? All righty. Happy birthday to Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Yep. Where did Herbert play his college ball at? That would be, it was a school out in the Pacific Northwest. They have orange and green. Hey, have a. I mean, sorry, not orange and yellow is where orange, green and yellow. I'm thinking orange and blue. I my green and yellow. Sorry, my apologies. Rock's looking at me like I'm crazy. Orange is always on my mind. Rock, don't judge me. Green and yellow, and they are in the Pac-12, and that would be one Oregon Ducks. All right, Carrie. On this day in 2020, the NBA suspended its season after which big man became the first to test oh. positive for COVID. So, if you remember, he was the one touching all of the mics, touching all <laughs> of the tables. Donovan Mitchell got sick, and there was a rift between those two. And Rock actually thinks this center is better than Patrick Ewing. That would be one Rudy Gobert. Georgetown parted ways with school legend, legend, excuse me, Patrick Ewing yesterday. Ewing brought them their only NCAA championship in 1984 when they topped which Southwestern Conference opponent? <sighs> ah, I see it. Ah, Southwestern? Southwestern opponent. It was 84. I remember. I can see it. Give me the options. God dog it. Okay. Option number one, Arkansas, two, Texas, no. or three, Houston. Houston. All right, Carrie, who was the last team to win the NCAA basketball championship while going undefeated? Oh. Uh, Virginia lost one year, and then they came back, and I feel like they, Villanova... Virginia, Villanova. Was UNLV undefeated? That was a while ago. Uh, did they actually even win? Was it Duke? Duke beat them. Oh, man. I feel like it was because Virginia lost when they were like the two seed and they came back and won it the next year. But were they undefeated that year? Villanova won it on a Last second play. I got, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, you, hey, hey, hey. Um, I'm checking my watch right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't think it's either one of them. I don't think it's Duke. Uh, let's just say, for for time's sake, I hope Trent didn't get four because this is a shot in the dark. We're going to go with Virginia. He put an X down. I can see it. <laughs> I'm trying to excuse you. To, you to put be an fair, X down. Rockio, it was so loud. I can hear the X from here. I didn't even have Two to see lines. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so it was loud. It was a large X. I'm never playing video games with Carrie because I'm a thousand percent sure he screen peaks now. Jeez, you must have been I the can't worst. I can see, but I can hear. You must have been yeah. the worst. Very well. You must have been, the, you must have been the worst at a land party. And I will say, my, when people are right, I also have a two motion thing. So it's a check mark. Um, so watch it there, but boys. But it sounds different. You, I it, feel like you sounded, know that you know what you can hear. It sounded Brooke. 
That, be, that be, was loud. Be an ally. Be a friend. Uh, she's she's in the ally. She be wants a friend. the truth to be told. She's a truth seeker. I, I'm I, on the side of truth. There you go. So Carrie got the last one wrong, apparently. Clearly. Was <laughs> that enough to take down Trent or for Trent to walk away with a win here into the weekend and do something that neither Carrie nor I wants, which is put Randy Carricker behind the eight ball yeah, with a buddy. round two on Monday. So is, is Trent dancing this weekend while me and Carrie sweat? Or we all go into a weekend a little bit happier. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. There you go, Randy. A win there for Kerry Davis. <laughs> Three to two. You call me Randy. I'm sorry, I've Trent. Just at the end, he didn't get the fourth one right, but he didn't get the third one right, and that was the big difference. So a 3-2 win for Kerry Davis. I am very sorry, Trent. Ah, uh, no big deal. It happens. There you go. Let's go through those answers. Happy birthday to Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. He, of course, did play his ball at Oregon, which has what color jerseys again? Uh, green and yellow. There you to go. To be fair, they have like a million different unis because of their partnership with None Nike. None of them are orange, though. Orange is Oregon State, though, so I don't think they're ever going <laughs> to use that color. Uh, on this day in 2020, the NBA suspended its season, after which Big Man became the first test positive for COVID. It was, in fact, Rudy Gobert, who decided to play whack-a-mole with the media's mics the night before and then caused a little bit of a rift in the Jazz uh, locker room. Who you think is better than the next question? Not what I said. You keep putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Georgetown parted away with school legend Patrick Ewing yesterday after two just terrible seasons for the Hoyas. Ewing brought them their only NCAA championship in 1984 when they beat the Houston Cougars. That was the second year in a row the Cougars lost in the championship game. Of course, the second time losing to the Hoyas. And the last team to win the NCAA basketball championship while going undefeated. We have to go all the way back to the 1975-1976 yeah. Indiana Hoosiers under Bobby Knight, the last team to go undefeated across the whole shooting match. So that is a 3-2 win for Kerry Davis. Trent, thank you so much for joining the show, and thank you so much for joining the fight today. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Have a good day. Good job, Trent. Coming up next, Greg Amziger had some interesting comments on the outfield, and Brooke almost fell over in her chair. We'll discuss it next when we return on the opening drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Albert Poole saying Juan Yepes reminds me of me. And the Cardinals know the talent this kid has. You're going to give him as many at-bats as possible. He will DH this year. I don't care what his spring stats are. He's going to break the seam. He will DH against even right-handed pitching on some days. They want to develop him and become a middle-of-the-order threat. That was Greg Amzinger joining us yesterday talking about the DH position. We also spoke about the backup catcher position, which is still in competition for those gentlemen uh, vying for that slot and outfield positions. Uh, Brooke, yesterday and when Greg was on with us, he talked about DH, and, and we've been trying to figure out you know, who potentially will be getting those at-bats. Juan Yepes is a name that continuously comes up. He spoke about even though he may not be performing at the level this spring that, that you might want to see the level of, of a Jordan Walker or some of the other guys that are performing extremely well, he is going to get those opportunities come opening day and, and therefore uh, you know, from that point on throughout the entire season. What have you seen from Yepes, and, and who, what do you think about the DH position? In, in total and who's going to be there. Well, I think it, it, you definitely have to take what Albert Pujols says seriously because, I mean, obviously with his Hall of Fame career, he's going to be a first a ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer. I think you have to take what he sees um, 
very strongly. And look, I think we all saw the bond that him and Yepes had last season. I think that plays a big role into it as well. But here's the thing is, I don't think that it's going to be one guy just absolutely running away with this. It's going to be several guys. Even the, I mean, the DH crew last year led the National League in home runs with 29. And Albert Pujols did have a lot to do with that, especially towards the end there. I mean, his performance as the Cardinals DH was, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than Otherworldly. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody was expecting Albert Pujols to perform like that. I mean, he slammed 13 home runs and slugged over 500 in those final three months. And it was magical. It was absolutely magical. Now, where I see that going to, I don't think it's going to be like how they use it with Albert Pujols last year, especially in those final three months. I see it more as, you'll see Yepes. I don't doubt that. I can see Gorman definitely hitting his way into this conversation a lot more, especially since you have that competition with him and Brendan Donovan. And look, I even see Brendan Donovan DHing quite a bit as well, too. So it'll just be interesting to see how they'll manage that. And Props to Ali Marmol. He's found a good way to manage it. Yeah, when you're looking at the 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 DH position, you're looking at Juan Yepes. The thing that I really uh, liked about Juan Yepes was the moment that was the biggest for him in the in the playoffs. He showed up, and that's something that you know, if you're able to do that in that moment, I feel like you're able to do it pretty much at any point throughout the entire season. So I think it's going to be you know he's going to have a lot of at bats there. You're going to get Nolan Gorman some at bats there. You're also going to get Wilson Contreras some some at bats there, and then you're looking at well, who is the backup catcher? Because if Wilson is DHing, then you're going to have to find somebody. Is it Kisner? Is it Berea? Which one of those two guys are fighting for that backup catcher position? Because we know Wilson Contreras is probably not going to uh, have a lot of games where he's sitting behind the plate and just doing the catching thing. So which one of those backup catchers is going to be able to fill that role on the days where Contreras has a day off or he takes the DH role? Well, and and that's the thing, right, is that I feel like we knew and they made that very clear about when they signed Wilson Contreras is he's not going to be every single day, an everyday starter taking on that really heavy workload that we saw Yadier Molina do, especially over the years. He's not going to be your everyday catcher. And look, we've talked about competition that competition is also going on for the backup catching position as well. I mean, Oliver Marmol with some comments the other day about, no, this job's not guaranteed. The backup catching position is not guaranteed to Andrew Kisner. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Kisner is a guy who welcomes that competition as well. He wants to make sure that if he is going to get that full-time backup job that he completely earns it. He, I think he embraces that competition and so, yeah, you also have to factor Contreras into the DH situation as well. And that sounds like a lot of good options, especially yeah. as you're as you're able to mix and match according to opponents as well, too. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's a lot of bats that are going to be vying for that opportunity. You got Moises Gomez, if he can show the power that he's shown in the minors. Uh, you talked about uh, Wilson Contreras taking some of those at bats. Nolan Gorman, we think he's going to be a star if he's not starting at second base. And Juan Yepes, a lot of guys that have a potential to be very good in that, in that slot for this roster. And, and I think... You know, Brooke, we, we, we've talked about this pretty much all spring training. This lineup is going to be very dangerous. We are looking forward to seeing a lineup that is going to score a lot of runs. I think they have the potential to be, you know, <laughs> a powerful lineup, a team that scores a lot of runs and is able to help pitchers, you know, not put so much pressure on those guys to have to throw up zero innings every single every single inning that they're out there. Well, and also another guy that we always love to talk about, Jordan Walker. That's another option that you have there as well. I think we would like to see his power. The fact that you are able to mix and match guys, bring in different guys, I think is something that Ollie Marmol is really going to like because 
with the competition, the best thing about it, that w- the reason we keep talking about it is because they have so much depth. They, ha- they have so much talent. And it is still early into spring training, but a lot of guys you are looking at to improve so far going into the season are doing what they should be doing, especially right. we bring up Nolan Gorman. The biggest thing, his home runs last year coming against righties, and we've seen him so far hit a home run off a lefty. He's mm-hmm. doing well against lefties. That's the improvement you wanted to see. Yepes, I feel like there's a lot of room for him to grow as well. And Albert Pujols, by the way, he stopped by camp yesterday, seeing him over at spring training. Albert Pujols, him saying that about Juan Yepes, I think says a lot. Pujols even saying that he's going to start, of course, with the Angels because he has his 10 years of service right. he has to you know, do with them. He's even saying you know, that he's going to take on more of kind of a coaching role with players and things like that. And he did that with the Cardinals. Yep. He's already been doing that. And he took Yepes under his wing. Having that knowledge from Albert Pujols and for him to see something in you, I'm really excited to see what Yepes does with that this season. Are we leaving out a name in Alec Burleson? Does he have an opportunity to, to break this uh, spring training camp and, and be on the opening opening day roster and potentially get some of those DH at bats. Well, I think uh, surely somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, Burleson was battling something the other day uh, injury-wise or at least, you know, every, all these guys have yeah. arm fatigue, different things like that going on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But if you're just looking at trajectory as players develop, you would think that he would develop more as, you know, at least an above average league hitter mm-hmm. we'll see if he's able to uh to get some things going in, in spring training the rest of the time that they're there that's brooke i'm carrie what do you got rob i just want to play one more thing because yesterday we we, we brought up greg amzinger and, and uh he had the tommy edmund comments and, and well tommy edmund played another game today <laughs> uh, or sorry excuse me large new bar yes, large new bar played another game today was against tommy edmund, tommy edmund was involved in he, that was, yeah. he, was yeah. he was playing against korea so i, I got the names mixed up but it was a absolutely Huge game for Japan. In effect, let's listen to, to Greg's comments and let's listen to what happened today for our favorite <laughs> Japanese outfielder. I think Newbar is going to be on the outside looking. On the previous breaking ball, fastball grounded in the center field by Newbar. Touch on gets Sona Japan on the board. Asung Kim searching for his first hit of this World Baseball Classic. This is trouble. Did you? Does it again. Talk about the read. You talk about the effort. <laughs> and on the replay, getting applauded. That is a full body effort. Lars right. Newpar just continues to shock everyone. He's becoming a fan favorite at the World Baseball Classic. A big RBI, another big sliding catch in the outfield. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't know. Greg's uh, Greg's vision looking a little sketchy already. So he went two for four <laughs> against China in that eight to one victory, and then two for four again today. And his second diving catch happening today, which you guys were listening to. Yeah, I'm going to say that Lars Newpar is doing pretty well. And once again, do not take away anything from these players and how they perform in the World Baseball Classic. If you can be excited about Nolan Arenado's home run and just like exhibition play yesterday for Team USA, then you can be excited about Lars Newtbar performing on such a big stage for Team Japan. Greg, what are you thinking? I know that you're on MLB <laughs> Network, and I know that that's obviously a big deal. I'm not going to take away from that. You are very talented. Also, you predicted Albert Pujols in 700 home runs. I will always mm-hmm. remember that. You Indeed. did a great job with that, but I will say, I'm going to stand by this. You're wrong on this one. <laughs> Lars Newbar is going to be the Cardinals' starting right fielder. I, I don't know how else. How who else it could be? It's his job. 
<laughs> That's Brooke Grimsley. I'm Kerry Davis. Buchnevich started at center for his first time this season, first couple of times this season, and had a very good game. The Blues have some new lines that they're trying to work out. How are they working out, and how will they look going forward? We'll talk about it next on The Opening Drive. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Bring the puck into the front of the net, and that goes in. They score it. It slid underneath the goaltender. Carlson was right there looking for it as he tried to pick it. It might have actually gone over the goal line on him, and Verona, I think, might have had that poke for his first goal as a Blue you know, Joe. It feels, feels great. Uh, I mean, that was my first game uh, in front of uh, St. Louis Blues fans, and it was amazing. Yeah, and, so uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm an offensive player. I want to produce, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I want to be more, like, you know, overall uh, solid player and I think today uh, especially uh, like uh, with Butch and, and Cappy we created a lot of offense yeah no I thought that line was good um, it's good to see him get a goal uh, They, I thought they had a pretty solid game that audio is courtesy of Valley Sports Midwest, and the goal you heard was one from Jakub Vrana, his first goal as a blue. Uh, Pavel Bujnevich playing center between uh, Vrana and Kapanen. You know, first time that line getting together, Brooke, what did you see from those three and, and how excited are you for the future and, and what that may hold with those three on that line? Well, and Joey Vitale mentioned this, that at first I was a little, you know, worried about this Pavel Buchnevich center experience. You know, I was like, well, we'll see how this works out because he hasn't exactly been great on faceoffs. And that's something that's definitely going to be a work in progress if that's something they can continue to do this experiment moving forward even though he was drafted as a centerman so mm-hmm. that is his first position but I think we've seen him thrive at winger as well but honestly he seems to thrive wherever he is and I think that's why Joey Vitale pointed that out is that he's a competitor and that's why they want him in those positions those spots because either way if it's not even a position he's most comfortable with he'll find a way he'll fight through it and by the way, Pavel Buchnevich, he is creeping on the door of Jordan Cairo being the points leader for the Blues. And get this, he's played way less games. Jordan mm-hmm. Cairo has played 61 games this season. He has 57 points, that's 26 goals, 31 helpers. Pavel Buchnevich has played 49 games, and he has 20 goals, 36 assists, 56 points. Robert Thomas is right behind him with 55 I think that says a lot about Pavel Buchnevich that he is right there pretty much surpassing your top scorer. Yeah, him being on the line with those two should definitely help him uh, add more points to his total for this season. I was listening to BK and Ferrario yesterday, and they, they mentioned that probably the most important thing for him playing center is how well he does in faceoffs. Is he, if he's able to re- retain possession of the puck during faceoffs, that would definitely allow him to stay in that role uh, more. If he struggles at it, it might be something that you have to reconsider and move and go in a different direction. But I think having Vrana, a guy that has kind of been through the fire, so to speak, in his career, coming off of you know being being traded being released being waived has done all of it and and has gone through the NHL program for for substance abuse so he's a guy that you're getting on your roster that understands what he's been through where he is now and how he needs to be able to do the things he needs to do to succeed and same thing with Kapanen being waived by the uh, Penguins and and being picked up by the by the Blues is an opportunity for those two guys that have 
you know, been on previous teams. It has not gone well. And now you're in a position where you're not expected to win many games, but you have a chance to put yourself in a position for this, the rest of this season and looking forward into next season, you know, have some excitement about what you are and what you bring to the table because you are very talented. You're, you're former first-round picks, and Bucinavich in between those two I think is going to be extremely uh, beneficial for him and for that line going forward. Well, and that's what I liked about the the way that Barubi mixed up the lines is you had Torupchenko on the top line with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. He brings that physicality. He brings that fight. And he brings that competition as well. He's just an elite competitor, you can tell, with Torupchenko. And same thing with Pavel Buchnevich. So you put him on the line with two guys that Verona, obviously, we've seen his speed and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Two guys that also, I would say, I'm not going to put them on the same level as Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, but you would say similar in the way where I feel like Buchnevich helps balances that out. Um, balances that out. And I wish we had Pablo Buchnevich sound from last night, but we don't. But he is, <laughs> he is so funny because also he said last night to Luke Horak is the one who tweeted this out. He said, tough couple of periods, can't find the puck on the breakouts. We still win the game and I'm still undefeated at center. So it's good. <laughs> I like that attitude, right? He's saying it. Yeah. You want to win, <laughs> put Booby in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so funny. you, you, and that's why you see why Baruby put him in that situation because he knows he's a competitor. He's going to want to improve in faceoffs as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that I feel like, of course, a concern early on, but something that he'll work through. He'll find it. And he's obviously had experience there as well. With Bujavich moving to center in that second line, you had Alexei Torovchenko going up to the first line between Robert Thomas and, and well, Robert Thomas at center and Kairou and Torovchenko on the wings. What were you thinking about that move uh, for for Barubi and the decision to put him up on the first line? Well, I said the first time that I saw it, I was absolutely uh, a little flabbergasted because my first thought was, and it's not to take away anything from Torovchenko, he has worked his absolute tail off but at first I was like man how is this going to work because you know Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas with their speed is he going to be able to keep up with them and Robert Thomas even said in pregame no this will be good he'll create more space for us for Mm -hmm. us and you saw that last night you did and the presence that he brought as well he's a competitor and so it makes sense why you put him on the top line and Buchnevich two competitors two guys who are proving right now they still want to play they still want to win you're rewarding them one of the things I think that has been one of the most infuriating things about this Blues team all season is their inability or just not their their want to get to the front of the net and I think Torupchenko is he's a 6'6 guy he's he's a big guy he's he wants to use you know what God gave him in, in being a, a a large human being to get to the front of the net, which draws defense there. And you saw it yesterday with that happening. Um, Robert Thomas was able to drop that puck off to Tory Crew for a for a great goal for him. Uh, but it was all created because someone doing something that is not going to be in the stat book. No one is going to, if you're just looking up stats, you're not going to see that play and how important it was for him to crash the net and get there. But it was extremely important. And he also did a good job of staying off the goaltender and not causing any, any interference um, and allowed Krug to get that tough shot on net and get a goal. And somebody just texted this in, and this is a great point. He has to wear the C next year. In Butch? reference, I'm gonna. I'm guess they're talking, talking about, about Pavel Buchnevich because that's who we've been talking I about. Like that. I'm not gonna assume Alexei Torpchenko because that'd be wild. Um, <laughs> but Pavel Buchnevich, that's interesting because I think a lot of people have been confused. I've had people ask me, "Wait, who's the captain right now? Yeah. Who's leading this team?" Because you have several guys wearing A's right now. You have Colm Pareko, you have Justin Falk, you have Braden Shin, you have Robert Thomas. 
I think that Robert Thomas is definitely the future of the mm-hmm. organization. You wouldn't give him that eight-year giant contract yeah. if you didn't believe so. But I don't know if he is exactly ready or if they're ready for him to take that C for now. Maybe it's just me personally just holding out hope that they're just leaving it for when they work out some deal for Ryan O'Reilly to return this summer. You hmm. never know. <laughs> they're just saving it for him. Maybe that's just me. But uh, as of right now, I don't think for the rest of the season they're going to name a captain. I think I think Robert Thomas will get the seat. But, Brooke, I think we buried the lead here. One of the most important details of what took place yesterday in the Blues win, Callie Rosen played in the game. Callie and Rosen. And that generally leads to wins for the Blues when he's playing. Uh, so, you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. going to have the fans turn against him, Kerry. Oh, okay. We you don't, don't want to point that out right oh, now. Okay, sorry. Well, we want Callie Rosen to get opportunities. He 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 got in the game. Uh, I think it was a couple of times he could have done a little. Had a couple of mistakes, a couple of turnovers. But he still is out there. They won the game. Um, I don't know if we're trying to win games at this point. But as an athlete, <laughs> I can tell you I don't want to play and lose every game. So, you know, from a perspective of, an, of a former athlete, we're trying to win every game. I don't really give a damn about draft picks. That would just be my perspective. A hundred percent. Well, because uh, you're just going to say, <laughs> yeah, don't, you know, especially when it comes to contract negotiations down the line. Yeah, just just, just don't look at that season. Exactly. We were just tanking. Exactly. I thought it was really funny because I saw a couple signs last night at Enterprise Center where it says tank for Bedard. And I was like, wow. I mean, even the fan base is trying to yeah. send a message to the Blues players. Could you imagine being on the ice and seeing that where it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe, but either way, I got to fix, got to work on my season stats because I want to get that big deal like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. <laughs> Indeed. Earlier we had earlier today we had Edward Leuven on with us from St. Louis City. Can City keep their strong start going? We'll discuss it next on the Opening Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is uh, tiring for sure, but even if I'm exhausted, I still want to keep going. I still want to play because I I enjoy to play, you know, and even, I don't know, against Austin the last 10 minutes, I don't know if you could see that, but I had cramps in my hamstrings and my calves, but I just kept going, you know, because in uh, the end of the day, we have to keep going like this because uh, that's the style we want to play. Uh, we have a lot of sprints. We are playing very intense uh, with, with our style of pressing, but um, yeah, thankfully it worked out the first two games. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Kerry Davis, and that was City SC midfielder Edward Leuven, who joined us to talk about, obviously, that amazing home match that we got to see last weekend. And as they look ahead to play the Portland Timbers tomorrow, that game is at 9.30. The Timbers are looking to bounce back after a loss for them last weekend. So, Edward Leuven, uh, what he was saying there is very interesting because this is a very high-pressing, high-octane high style of play. And you know, Carrie, especially, I know you didn't play soccer, obviously, no. but still in the NFL, that is a very intense style of play. You need a lot of endurance. You need a lot of, obviously, training on and off the field mm-hmm. to be able to handle that. And he even said, look, I was cramping a little bit. Yeah. 
that seems like that would be really hard to maintain. Yeah, it, it's similar to I, I would assume it's similar to teams that run no huddle offense and how gassed a defense can get when they're not accustomed to facing an offense that just continues to go and go and go. And you have you know 300 pound defensive linemen that can't get off the field and you know, feel like their hearts are about to burst out of their chest. That's <laughs> I, I would assume that that's what playing City feels like. Just the amount of pressure that they're constantly putting on their opponents. And in order to do that, as he said, you got to be in great shape. You have to be willing to do the work uh, and stay in great shape and do all the things that are required. And sometimes, as he said, his legs were cramping, his calves, hamstrings were cramping. Sometimes you got to be willing to push through a little pain because you know that the other team is also going through it as well. And they're not as prepared for it as you are. Well, and I also wonder, too, if that's why they brought in some of these guys, like even a Roman Berkey a little bit earlier, not only to play with the City SC2 squad with the MLX Next Pro team, I almost wonder if they brought him in because it was still hot the time that they brought him in so that they could see how they would handle that temperature and also that intense style of play during that time because I can't imagine how tough that's going to be once summer rolls around for this schedule what that will be like but with Edward Leuven and the crew I mean if I see one more article and it seems like I've noticed just reading up on what other teams or what other people are kind of saying about City SC they're just kind of like eh you know, this has been just lucky. This has been a lucky two and zero start for City SC, and no, it's the their style of play is wearing down opponents, which leads to those quote unquote lucky goals, yeah. like you've seen back to back with Zhao Klaus or Santa Klaus, as we like yeah, to call yep. him. Um, <laughs> that that's what leads to those goals, and. I've been impressed with them. So far, it is just two games, and now you're going to try to go 3-0 and as they face the Portland Timbers, as I mentioned, on Saturday night. And let's just say that would be really a great start because only one other team in MLS expansion franchise history, or league history, I guess I should say, has started out 3-0 and to start their campaign, their expansion franchise campaign. So that would be huge for them. I feel like they could do it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you see some of the turnovers that opposing teams are making, it could be potentially because the amount of pressure that is being placed on them by the style of play of City. And and I was going to ask you this, Brooke, if they go to Portland and win that game, how much confidence does that give you for the rest of the season? I know going into the season, they were uh, 14th in the in the conference to pick 14th or 15th. They were picked last in all of it to, to, to finish and not be where they are right now. But... They're surprisingly, I think surprising some other teams and maybe surprising some some St. Louis City fans, the way they, in the style that they're playing. If they were able to go to Portland and pick up a win there, what does that mean you know, for this organization? We start the parade plans now. Okay. That's what, right. they, no, that's what I wanted to hear. That's <laughs> no, what kidding. I was waiting I on. Think, I think it at least sends a message that they – a lot of people, especially a lot of the, as you were talking with preseason rankings, a lot of people, I think, were just saying, okay, yeah, this is going to be the new kids on the block. They're going to have so it's going to take some time to adjust. But I think that they are showing, no, this is why we started things early. This is why we got guys in here early, because we're not going to be your normal expansion team. Yeah. We want to go ahead and get things running. That's also why it was really important for them to bring over some of these Bundesliga guys mm. as well, guys who have played at the highest level of soccer in the world, or should I say football, um, in the world, I think that that helps as well. And then having Tim Car- uh, Tim Parker as your co-captain, I mean, his MLS experience and just watching him the other day and the way that he really delegates things and pushes guys, he's a very intense player, which I think is great for this style of play as well. Um, it's been great to see. Also yesterday with an announcement with the League Cup, so we're talking about this summer, there's going to be a big event going on this summer, right, Rocchio? 
Yeah, so the, the big kind of curveball that the MLS is going to throw you if you're not experienced with soccer is that there are midseason tournaments. In fact, there's one going on right now, which is the CONCACAF Champions League, which obviously City's not taking part in. But the one that they just announced yesterday with two match dates against um, their grouping is that in the League Cup, it's a, essentially a midseason tournament with all 47 teams from Liga MX, which is the Mexican League, and the MLS. And essentially what happens is the MLS will take a break from competition from uh, July 21st through August 19th, and this tournament will be played. And essentially the way it breaks out is that you have to play in your group first to try to win your group, and then you get into the actual bracket. And so the two games that are coming up on July 23rd on Sunday, they will go to Columbus to face off against the Columbus crew, and then on July 27th, they will host Club America, which is the Liga MX from Mexico team. Club America will come up to City Park on July 27th for a home matchup, and then of course, you win your group, you then get into the actual bracket and then you keep on playing all right i have i have one big prediction i'm just gonna go ahead and put this out there a roman berkey clean sheet okay this weekend. i'm just gonna throw it okay. out there i'm waiting for it to happen eh. i feel like i don't know <laughs> i'm not feeling uh, so strong no, about that one i feel like it's just it's just gonna take a little bit of selling and i like his fieriness that we saw in that home match the way that he was getting in players faces and all this stuff and really shouting and delegating things to his team I don't know. I'm feeling. I feel like he's going to build off of that energy. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. It's not his fault when they've gotten scored on for the most part. Uh, you know, he's not having the, the best start. You know, he, he didn't get his first save until uh, you know a couple, uh, a few. 20, 30 minutes into the second game of the season. But it took like all the players kind of settle in for a minute on it the does. City SC side. And the, I just think clean sheets are not how we should grade this city team because they're going to let up a lot of goals because they're always going to be in bad position for a counterattack, which is exactly kind of what happened the the few times that Charlotte got a attempt was they counterattacked the city defense trying to recover gets spread out they they kick it outside they immediately force it back in with a quick cross and all of a sudden now the, the back four is so spread out that a guy like Capetti can find his spot in between there and get a goal that's how teams are going to score against City. So I'm not expecting Roman Berkey clean sheet, but if he does, there's no way this is a 0-0 draw. If he if, if, if they hold them scoreless, they're getting a goal and they're winning this game, under, uh, without a doubt in my mind. I'm excited that when the chippiness did take place against Charlotte, they they stood up and they didn't back away, they didn't shy away, and they were, you know, they understood what was taking place and they were ready for it. And I, I think that when you have capable goal scorers, a goalie that is going to do his job, and you got guys that are going to stand up in the fight and not duck or dodge you got a pretty good team on your hands. So going forward, I think it's going to be a good game this weekend against Portland, and uh, hopefully they come out of there with a win. Absolutely. Somebody texted in and said, what's the benefit of playing this tournament? Revenue shares, extra money for the players. Players do get extra money. You also get more time. Uh, if you were to uh, win, or I think if you, actually if you finish in the top three of the League Cup, you get auto qualification to the 2024 CONCACAF Champions League, which, again, playing more matches, playing more matches against more talented teams, and obviously there is a financial side of it, is always good for a team. Indeed. Rock, uh, the tournament is coming up next week. You got some things going on here at 101 ESPN, correct? Yes, sir. After Selection Sunday, we got it's going to be easy. You're just going to log on to 101ESPN.com, then you're going to show off your NCAA tournament knowledge by signing up to play in this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. You can register now to participate at 101ESPN.com, and once the bracket is set after Selection Sunday, make your picks for this year's tournament. It's free to enter, and the top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. See the contest rules and get signed up today in Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com 101ESPN's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge is brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. 
Robert Thomas picked up a goal and assists, and the Blues got a win yesterday. Can they keep it going looking forward to this weekend? We'll talk to Robert Thomas next when we return on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas, score! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. Time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and talk to Blues center Robert Thomas. Robert, good morning. How are you doing today? Morning, guys. Doing well. Hey, Robert, you uh, you all were had been struggling on the power play. Uh, you were able to get a big goal last night. How did it feel to finally kind of break that that open and get a chance to score on a power play that you all have been struggling on for, for a bit this season? Yeah, uh, you know, you always go through stretches where, uh, especially on the power play, where it's kind of streaky and you score a lot sometimes and sometimes you don't score at all. And uh, I know for all the guys out there, uh, it's frustrating that, some chances uh, to to win games off the power play and, and just couldn't score. So uh, definitely a big relief and, and hopefully some confidence in it. Robert, uh, Craig Berube moving Torpchenko to the top line with you and Jordan Cairo. What could you say about his play and how did that feel working with him last night? Yeah, yeah, I thought he played great. Um, I think he he helped me and Cairo a ton. Um, you know, he worked hard. He won a lot of battles. He blocked shots. He you know, got to the net. I think he did a ton of great things, and um, I don't think he gets enough credit for the for the little things he does throughout the game. On the goal, on the assist you had to Tory Krug, Torpchenko made a, a a good play getting to the front of the net. We had Joey V on earlier, and he called you an owl. He said <laughs> you're able to turn your head completely around and see everything around you. Is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to take that one. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, you're right about Tarful. That goal doesn't doesn't happen without him driving the net and and drawing two guys to him. So um, those are those are the little things I was talking about. Well, hey, look, an owl is a pretty good predator, and Indeed. they see it. They can see a lot of different things. So I would take that as a compliment, Robert. <laughs> All right, they're a bird of prey. That yeah. means you're on the attack. You're on the offensive. You're not. You're not ducking and dodging anything. Exactly. <laughs> so Robert, also Yaku Barana joining you guys, and he had a goal as well last night. What do you have to say about how he's really joined you guys, and what did you think of his performance last night too? Yeah, um, you know, he's he's a great guy from, from what we met him. He's, you know, he's excited to be here, and, and we're obviously ecstatic to have him here. Um, you know, the first game in AZ, I think, you know, he had a couple of good chances. Uh, so it was nice to see him to sc- see him score one yesterday, especially on home ice. And, um, yeah, we were really excited to, to have him in the lineup, and he's been playing well for us. We're speaking with Blues center Robert Thomas. Uh, Robert, Buchnevich had a comment after the game saying the Blues are – Undefeated with him playing center is he is he like the comedian on the team is he the guy that comes to you and always has those quips and says things that they kind of make you chuckle and make you laugh a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's it's actually amazing some of the stuff he comes up with. Um, it's it's truly mind blowing. I don't know where where it comes from or, um, but yeah, no, he definitely definitely always keeps a smile on your face and uh, yeah, he's a he's a big goofball. Well, what? How do you rate his performance as a centerman last night? I thought he did great. Um, you know, he, he showed all us centermen how to win faceoffs. Apparently, uh, he's the best <laughs> on our team. And, um, yeah, I think he. I think he did a great job. 
um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a bit of a learning curve, but um, yeah, no, I thought I thought he did awesome. What are some of the things that he says? Did he, he just come back in and then that's how you do it, fellas? Let me show you next time. This is how you do it. What are some of the funny things that he brings in into the locker room or on the team bus when you all are traveling? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know if you guys heard, but he broke the glass in warm ups just or in Morton's Gate yesterday, <laughs> um, and he made sure to go go around and tell everyone that he did it and uh, flex his muscles. So uh, that'd be one thing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, Robert, we're going to do some non-hockey-related questions now. Are you a big college basketball fan? Do you like March Madness? you pr- participate in making a bracket or anything like that? Um, I would say I, I love watching it. Um, I'm not a, I don't know too much about it. And yeah, I do make a bracket every year, and it seems to be blown up after day one. So, um, But I definitely enjoy uh, – we, we do like a little team pool, so it's nice to see uh, – little competition with the guys so uh we always enjoy the brackets so how far do you have mizzou going because you're a mizzou fan right now right (laughs) wait when does the tournament start (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) we gotta make sure mizzou is in you don't have to cheer for mizzou at least if you had a prediction if you if you have been paying attention do you think mizzou will do well in this ncaa tournament that's starting here soon i think they can win a couple of rounds for sure uh i hope they can surprise us all and um you know, I, I love, the thing I love about the tournament is, you know, anyone on any day, anyone can win. So uh, it's, I hope they can, they can make it at least two rounds. Well, Robert, don't feel bad about your bracket being blown up. That's probably 98% of the people in the world <laughs> who uh, put a bracket together, me included. It, it is a terrible feeling when the team you had winning the whole tournament loses in the first round or the second round. It's, it's to no point in even watching anymore. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me every year. So uh, I need to pick a little bit better. Well, Robert, thank you for joining us. Good luck tomorrow in Columbus. We'll be watching, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That was Blue Center. Robert Thomas joining us. And I, I thought it was, uh, Brooke, one of the things that I always enjoy, uh, just being a former athlete, when you are an athlete, the, the comedy, the guys that are just <laughs> flat-out comedians and say things. You know, he said he broke the glass, Bouchonavis broke the glass, and now he's walking around flexing his muscles like, yeah, get like me, guys. He, he, one day you young fellas can uh, get to my level. Well, and that's nice, too, especially with them not playing well as having some comedic relief, right? Oh, yeah. I'm you, sure that that helps at least <laughs> bring yeah. some spirit. Back. Sometimes the best things <laughs> in life, like when you're losing, those are some of the funniest moments because yeah. it's like, hey, we're in it now. What do you? We can't walk around and be sad all day. Yeah. You got to find some things to laugh at you and joke about. You have to enjoy about. work. Yes, and, and that generally helps you start to win again when you when you just make light of some things. You want to work hard. Obviously, you're getting paid to win games uh, and play your best, but you know some of the funny things that take place in those locker rooms, on those team planes, on the buses. Uh, it's just memories you will never be able to forget because those are some of the funniest characters you you will ever be around. Yes, I, I, I feel like Buchnevich is definitely a character. It's great that he's bringing that comedic ali- uh, relief and also bringing some co- competition <laughs> when it comes to the center position as well. Right. I like that. He's yeah. coming after Robert Thomas and Brandon Shen, so yeah. that's good to see, yeah. too. Robert said he's clearly showing us how to win faceoffs now. <laughs> he's uh, he's the best one to do it, and he's probably letting them know every time they come in there or when he gets to the bench, hey, 
this is how you do it, fellas. Yes, it's, exactly. Watch me. I'll, I'll teach you something. Rock, you got some basketball coming up? What, what do you have over there? Yeah, I want to tell everybody about the first round of the NCAA tournament tipping off next week. That's when it tips off, by the way, and you can compete against maybe even Robert Thomas on our Bracket Madness Challenge. But while you're watching your bracket, you want to watch some of those games live, get in on the fun with 101 ESPN because we're going to be watching the games at Max Downtown Alton. We'll be broadcasting live next Thursday and Friday, live from Max with BK and Ferrario from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the last in the fast lane, excuse me, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. There will be plenty of screens last to watch is all fine. the first round madness, <laughs> plus delicious food, the coldest beer, tons of 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. BK and Ferrario and the fast lane live next Thursday and Friday for the NCAA tourney at Max Downtown Alton. Although I it was a Freudian slip, I think I might have created the perfect nickname. The last lane is fine because I think that's what they're going to come in last in this pickleball tournament that we're talking oh, about. Th- like those, those guys, my, last lane. I got, I got, I got a little voice from God in my ears that says the, the fast lame. The fast lame? That's what the Riz show calls either, apparently. Either, either, hold on a second. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, station historian behind the glass, Mike Ryder. When the Riz show calls him the fast lame, that hasn't exactly gone great for the Riz show, has it? No, it has not. I'm getting a, I'm getting a very emphatic no from Mike Ryder behind the glass. So maybe we just go with uh, the, the yeah, last lane. Yeah, the last lane. Yeah, like that's that. what they'll come in when we do this pickleball tournament. We got rock and roll. Rock will give us some topics and we'll roll with it. That's next on the Open and Drive. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Welcome back to the Opening Drive joined by Brooke Grimsley. I'm Kerry Davis, and it is time for a little rock and roll. Matthew, what you got? Well, there's some interstation things happening here, mm-hmm. and, and I guess we started it when we challenged everybody to a pickleball game. Is yeah. that what happened? Yeah. I think a texter actually said the fast lane could beat you guys, and then we took the bait and started it. Yeah, we did. Um, and, and I have no problem doing that. So, we're getting some reactions from the other shows here on 101 ESPN about this pickleball tournament. So, I want to I ask you guys, do you guys want to hear from the, uh, the show that... Uh, Honestly, I'm the most scared of. Or do you want to hear about like the chronological bent of how Look, it went if you're, yesterday? If you're on the opening drive team, we can, we're not scared of anybody. No, we're not worried off. about anything. Yeah, we, we don't worry. We're not we're not the, the well, worry well, warts. We, 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 we will, take care of business. We will here. take the, the the challengers as they presented themselves yesterday yeah. chronologically. So yeah. we'll go first of all there we with go. BK and Ferrario because the this midday was an show interesting one. took there. a little uh, <laughs> took a little uh, umbrage with our comments. Yeah. This this here is first of all Alex Ferrario talking about a pickleball tournament. Still, mm-hmm. we're still in the realm of a pickleball tournament. Yeah. They decided to shift the 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 goalposts a little bit later on. We'll get into that in a moment. But first of all, here's Alex Ferrario talking about the disrespect that the midday show gets. <laughs> I don't understand the disrespect for the three of us. Sure, we don't look like the most intimidating individuals. <laughs> sure, yourself, sure we don't act like the most intimidating individuals. Earlier today, I used a spreadsheet to look into the playing time for the Cardinals. Well, that might be why they're looking at us this way right now. But all I'm saying is, when you doubt the underdog, the underdog comes back and bites you in the rear end. And any, any worries right now about dating the underdog that is BK and Ferrario in this pickleball tournament? Yeah, no, I, I not at all. There was some other audio by one um, Brandon Kylie. Yes, that, well, yeah. that, that I, I'm more intrigued into getting all into. All right, fair enough. We'll get into that because uh, Alex Ferrario didn't like the 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 pickleball aspect, which is weird because they have a, a college tennis player on their team, and so he decided to to say, listen. Why pickleball? Why don't we do pick up three on three basketball? Oh because we're confident we can hear there. Listen to the B- BK and Ferrario's confidence. If this was a basketball game instead, 
I think we'd beat the morning like, show. Let's for be sure. honest. What people saw was softball home run derby, and that's just pure strength. And let's be honest. <laughs> no, no, I actually think that. we would get second in, in three. Oh, no, three. we'd win. Oh, I'm guaranteeing oh, I think, we would win that. I think we'd win. You yeah. think we'd be the fast lane? I think that the I trouble we would have was how do we <laughs> we'll stop Carrie and how do we stop Jamie? Oh, I got Carrie. I and he's him. got Jamie. Love I'm it. so sick of the morning show discrediting <laughs> anything that I've ever done in my life. Now, what have you done in your life? Do you remember when they did the balloon challenge thing? And they were talking about, hey, who could keep the balloon up the longest? And this was back when Michelle was on the morning show. Real quick, Rockio texted oh, Ryder that said, BK just signed a death warrant. I've got Kerry <laughs> Davis covered in basketball. It's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> Thanks, Ryder. Kerry ain't got nothing. B- basketball? I got Kerry. Hey, so one of my favorite shows on TV, I've mentioned this before, is um, the NBA on TNT. It's Shaq and Kenny and Charles and Ernie Johnson. And Shaq has a phrase that he used to use when a smaller person would, would be guarding him. And he said, barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> Basketball, I got carried. Barbecue chicken. Basketball, I got carried. Down in the paint, barbecue chicken. Finger licking barbecue chicken. BK, <laughs> you come on, bring it. We uh, yes, we're gonna get Basketball, to work. Basketball, I got carried. We're getting to. We're gonna get busy, and and it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be one sided, sir. It's going to be a tough task down there in the paint. And let's not forget, I still am pretty quick enough to guard anyone on the perimeter because that's what I used to do as well. So I am all for it. You better hope that my jumper is not on that day, and I'm not knocking them down because if I can do both. It's going to be a long day for Mr. Brandon Kylie. Basketball, I got carried. But you called. This is what you picked, sir. I am just responding. I'm not the <laughs> I am not the one that brought this upon. So, you know, this is what you asked for. I'm all for it. I actually love basketball. I've never done pickleball. But but you want to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. You and I and and pick two, pick three, however many you want to go, four or five, whoever. We can get to it. So I thought it was odd they just they decided to step into Carrie's dojo, if you will, on that one. But we'll get to, we'll get to the show that I'm actually worried about the pickleball match, and that's the fast lane. And they had some choice comments for us yesterday at in the afternoon drive. Today's the day where the fast lane takes everybody out behind the woodshed and just has our way with them. There's some teammates on this hit list today. Oh, there's some teammates. teammates. That's a loose use of the word. It is. I thought they were teammates. The opening drive way, way out above their skis today. What are they? Okay, what did they say? Let's listen to some of it. I mean, kind of laughable for the most part. Sit around the campfire for a second. I got a story for you. The date consisted of. Us playing tennis. I had not played one game of tennis my entire life. These two <laughs> young ladies apparently were like state champions in high school. We destroyed them. Kerry Davis is an NFL champion. North American? Hmm. I mean, world, I mean, you know, other countries aren't really participating in football. Yeah. Anthony, I won a gold medal. Yeah, you did. At the world championships. Mm-hmm. Just ask the wrist show. Go down the hall. Throw a net up in the parking lot and let's go tomorrow. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> you tell me when, where, what time, <laughs> anyone, anyhow, anywhere. I'm ready. Brooke, I know you're ready. We're ready for all challenges that are brought to us. See, the thing about the, the, the opening drive is we're not the ones that bring any issues, but we respond. We're going to respond, and we're going the way that we respond is going to be you know, just probably a step further than the other shows are willing to go. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I will say we also kind of started this, but that's for good reason. And that's for good reason because, look, this is my first week on the job. I would like to cause some anarchy and get to know these people better. And I tweet this out. What is a better way than to get to know all my new coworkers on the other shows? 
then beating them on a pickleball court. Absolutely destroying them and then holding it over their head for a very long time. Forever. They will never hit the end of it. I saw Jamie the other, like, what was that, yesterday? And Uh I talked to him. I said, Jamie, I don't think you understand how extremely competitive I am. (laughs) Uh, I'm not afraid. By the way, BK also tweeted this yesterday. The amount of disrespect we get from the other shows on 101 ESPN is appalling. (laughs) Cry more. We will no longer sit here and take it. BK and Ferrario is going on the offensive. As the fearless leader of BK and Ferrario, I will no longer sit on the sidelines as the morning and afternoon show continues with this match. With this needless slander, our people will be in contact with your people. This will get settled. I am all for every part of this. I am enjoying it. I cannot wait. Randy, I, I don't know if he's listened when he's while he's I, been I on break. I don't think he has any idea. But when he comes back, he will be ready and willing to take on any challenge that is, you know, facing us. We know Randy's extremely competitive. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just gonna write. I'm just gonna write trivia questions on the pickleball, so we know Randy will really take his anger out on it. And more than that, we found out yesterday during BK and Ferrario that Randy. <laughs> Despite following multiple textures into this station who have like 30 people on their Twitter, Randy Kerker does not follow Brandon Kylie on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. Ah. Are you serious? <laughs> I didn't pull that audio, but that's what they, that's what BK talking about the, the uh, needless slander from the morning afternoon shows. One of his examples was that uh, Randy Kerker does oh. not follow him. He then proceeded to get multiple texts from listeners saying, BK, I have 36 <laughs> followers and Randy Kerker is one of them. <laughs> That's amazing. That's honestly amazing. So I think some, I think I think we, if we walk in here and we just tell Randy Carricker, listen, you're gonna have to beat you're gonna have to beat BK and I don't know maybe we if we convince him Chris Convey's on one of the teams he'll also oh, you yeah. know keep his he keep, keep his it, ire keep up. anger up yeah so yeah. I, I really think we could get Randy into this even though he was in no way shape or form involved he has no clue what he's he walking no back idea. into but he is walking back into a clean slate because he doesn't have to worry about any Hall of Famers for the fight there so that, that's a that's a bonus that'll that make is. him pleasant when he gets back but when he hears this this noise <laughs> that that the the Fast Lane and and BK and Ferrario have been spewing over the last couple of days. It's gonna be, it's gonna be some issues. It's gonna be some smoke in the city around here when he gets back. I'm just telling you. I, I, hey, I don't make the rules, Rock. I just abide by him. Karen, you know? I, I just want, I just want to get your thoughts one more time on BK. BK saying that he's he's got you handled in basketball. Barbecue chicken, cut it. Barbecue chicken is what you could expect for BK. <laughs> <laughs> If I had to rank the basketball players on this, I'm putting you top three, Carrie. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm top three without really much much thinking about gonna, it. We're going to have some good fun, though. I'm looking forward to it. Brooke, this has been an awesome week. Thank you so much. We look yeah. forward to every single day. I'm excited. Yes. This has been so much fun. I felt like we've had just fun every single day. We have. We've also started some controversy with the pickleball tournament. I feel like it's been a good week for us, Carrie. It has been. It's been an awesome week. Rock, thank you so much. <laughs> Coming up next, you got a balloon party with Ajax and T-Mac. That's next on 101 ESPN. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.